Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I know I've seen this because of lack of training. And I think that also applies Recorded to police officers. You know, because. Well, just, training you know. leadership. Leadership is well played. Well, sure. You know, and and just going to the range and shooting at a target isn't training, okay? I mean, there's a lot involved, and this is one of those cases where it's like, look, if you tell somebody to do this, you can't then turn around and say, oh, well, you know, you shouldn't have done that. Well, you told me to do it, you know, that sort of thing. Now, we're out of time, but I want to give the uh, website, selfdefensefund.com. Folks, selfdefensefund.com. Is there a phone number that they can uh, reach you at for the folks that are listening, uh, you know, like on FMs or on a satellite that may not have Internet connection? I think probably everybody does, but, you know, maybe not. Yeah, let's remind everyone to use the promo code .doc so that you can credit American Radio. Or, again, we're supporting you know, talk, the talk that you, your uh, organization is, is delivering. But they can call me direct and they can text me or email me, but my phone number is 713 713- Eight two eight six two one zero again seven one three eight two eight six two one zero. Then my email is Andy at selfdefensefund dot com and Andy at selfdefensefund dot com. But we're always interested in articles. We see a lot of postings on Facebook, and we always like the articles with good guys in. Or there's an issue in your state that we can make aware uh, to our network so that you know, we can continue to to have the discussion about our rights and what people are doing. The pushback from a pushback, I say. And there's you know there's an agenda to disarm America, I believe. I yeah, think so that's so. why we go ahead. No, I think there. I agree with you, Andy. But we are out of time. I'd like to have you back on some uh, sometime in the future. It's been informative, and you've got a, you're offering a great service out there, and I appreciate it. And thanks for being on. I right, thanks, Francis. Take care. You bet. And folks, that's Self Defense Fund. dot com. And as Andy said, use the promo code D O C. That's Doc. Okay, and that's for Doc Green, because Doc Green is the one responsible for bringing Self-Defense Fund to American Voice Radio and to all you listeners out there. So use the promo code DocSelfDefenseFund.com. Folks, do it for yourself. Do it for your family. I got to go. I'll be back again tonight. Coming up next is uh, America Betrayed. We got good stuff coming up all day long, so don't go anywhere. And as always, thanks for listening. The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. 
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
Good evening. Welcome to America Betrayed. Well, thank God uh, we're out of the bushes here. It looked like the communists were going to take over our country for good. Well, let's hope that uh, he follows through. We have to hold his feet to the fire, uh, make sure that uh, he follows through on all of his promises. If he doesn't, you know, then he's just another fraud. This is uh, AVR, American Voice Radio Network, and I'm uh, John Clark, uh, America Betrayed. Uh, radio show. If you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. Also, if you want to get a preview of each week's show, go to www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. That's nationalwritersyndicate.com. If you want to help support uh, people like myself and others, uh, I have a couple of books out. One is called Dead Angel, and that's about growing up with Jerry Garcia from five years old. Uh, Joey Garcia from the Grateful Dead, and also Pozan is also there. Pozan is about my alien encounter that went on for 10 years. Um, that was uh, before I went to work in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I wish they tried to discredit me uh, before I went there because of my association with so-called UFOs. But I think if you read the book, uh, a lot of people find it very scary, uh, very informative, uh, check it out yourself. Again, that's Dead Angel and Posan. Also, I'd like to welcome our uh, listeners down in Mexico and Baja. A lot of we have a lot of Americans living down in Baja. I remember one time uh, I was interviewed by Mexican television, and they asked me why. Uh, when I I said uh, you know illegals in in our country, they said, well, we have plenty of illegals in Mexico. I said, well, I'll kick them out. Uh, I said, you won't, because the reason difference is they're bringing money into your country where your uh, people are sucking money out of our country. I've got a little uh, 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 joke here that I want to give that uh, uh, pertains to that. Uh, the captain gets on his loudspeaker and shouts, Ahoy, small craft, where are you headed? Invading the USA, ain't this the truth? One of the Mexican puts down his oar, stands up and shouts, we are invading the United States of America to reclaim the territory taken by the U.S. during the 1800s. The entire crew on the destroyer doubles over in laughter. When the captain finally catches his breath, he gets back on the loudspeaker and asks, just the four of you? The same Mexican stands up again and shouts, no, we're the last four. The other 26 million are already there. Nobody on the destroyer left. And I think that pretty much sums it up. So hopefully... Uh, Trump will build a wall, but that's just, you know, that may seem like that would stop it. But we need employer verification. He needs to deport all the criminal aliens. The ones, uh, uh, illegal aliens are criminals. As soon as they cross the border, they are criminals. But I'm talking about once they've come into the border and committed other crimes, start removing them and then uh, have employer verification. Employer verification, make it mandatory for, for all companies, and that would self-deport themselves. And by the time he gets rid of all the criminal aliens, uh, he, I don't know, he may not even be in office then. Uh, it might take that long. But uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about a couple of subjects. One is uh, white genocide, which is happening worldwide. Uh, also, uh, satanic rituals, including child sacrifice. Uh, I want to dedicate this show to an old friend of mine who has passed away. In fact, he was uh, assassinated, uh, Ted Gunderson. Uh, Ted Gunderson used to be head of the FBI office in Los Angeles, and uh, he was assassinated with arsenic. He was exposing uh, the satanic uh, sacrifices uh, uh, held in, in our own government. And so I'm really glad that we got that witch out um, 
And while we still have a lot in there, they're 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 going to fold in now. They're going to uh, look like they uh, you know disappeared and they're conforming, but they're still bad guys. Uh, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, uh, you know, and others. Uh, we got John McCain, who's a, uh, a psychopath. So the guy belongs in a straitjacket. But uh, we're going to, and tonight, joining me on the show, we're going to have uh, John Vincent. He's the president of AIC, Americans for Immigration Control, and also Frank Stefan. He's the CEO of AVR, American Voice Radio Network, which you're listening to right now. Uh, Frank has has his own show. You might want to catch it. Again, that's uh, the American Voice Radio, www.theamericanvoiceradio.com and also nationalwritersyndicate.com if you want to check out a preview of each show. But right now, let's get what happened to this election, why, how, uh, what's the future. It looks like uh, because of it, uh, California wants to succeed from the union now. Uh, that's my home state. I mean, this is uh, I saw this coming, uh, believe it or not, about 30 years ago, that they would try to succeed, uh, but go join with Mexico. All right. Uh, first, uh, let's go to uh, John Vincent. John Vincent, good evening. Hello, John. How are you? Good. So, uh, John, uh, w- what's your uh, take on this uh, election? I mean, it, supposedly it shocked uh, the pollsters, which I think is a bunch of crap, because I was telling people all along that don't believe the polls is a bunch of crap, uh, trying to convince people that uh, somebody was in the head. So w- what's your take on it? I think it's a astounding victory for patriotic American people. Uh, I mean, the Clinton administration has just been a horror. I mean, the woman is controlled by the uh, uh, plutocrats, the globalists, uh, who don't have the interests of this country at heart at all. You know, Trump has his problems, but at least I think he cares about America and the American people. And I think he will do his best to try to protect our country and stand up for it. I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, I saw today where uh, President Putin in Russia said that he would like to have better relations with the United States, and I hope that will work out. Uh, Trump said that he wants that, too. Hillary Clinton wanted to provoke conflict with Russia and do the bidding of her um, globalist overlords. I think they have great hostility toward Putin because uh, he's a patriotic Russian. Uh, Before he came in, um, the president of Russia, Boris Yeltsin, uh, allowed them to plunder the country. Uh, he was a drunkard, and he really didn't have any control over things. And uh, Putin came in, and he said, no, I'm going to protect my country because I'm a patriotic Russian, and I care about it. And since then, our establishment has been trying to demonize him. Now, I don't want conflict with Russia. I mean, the U.S. and Russia both have nuclear weapons, and if you know conflict escalates, we could have the Cold War again, and we could perhaps have a nuclear exchange which case will all be wiped out. Right. So, well, John, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, Putin has said after Trump was elected that if Hillary was elected, uh, it would almost definitely be World War III with uh, Russia because she knew, he knew what her agenda was, and he probably would have uh, uh, did a first strike on us uh, uh, because of that. So uh, God was watching out for us. I was uh, really uh, thinking that we were too far gone, like Babylon and, and Sodom and Gomorrah, that... Uh, uh, I mean, the prophets did foresee this. I, I, I've seen some of where, like the Statue of Liberty is really the goddess of ISIS, which a lot of people uh, really don't realize uh, that uh, he was also a Mason, the man who uh, designed it. Uh, uh, Frank, um, 
Mike Stephan, what's your take? Well, I, I mean, I, I am thrilled that Hillary Clinton lost. Okay, I, I, I'm just, I couldn't be happier about that. Uh, but then again, you know, I have never been a huge supporter of Donald Trump because he's Donald Trump. And, you know, he he is who he is, and he does what he does, and I'm not a, a huge supporter. However, I'm also absolutely willing to lend him the support to do, you know, to do what you said you're going to do. Uh, you know, I think that I, I think it's great if he does any one, and I mean accomplishes. I don't mean, you know, give us lip service and say, "Oh, I'm trying," but I've got a million excuses why it didn't happen. If he gets any one thing that he promised done, eh, you know, he's good for another term because you know Americans are just not used to their politicians actually producing what they promised they would produce during campaigns. So if he does anything that he promised, you know, he's going to be one of the better presidents in my lifetime. So, you know, I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about his uh, his presidency, but by no means are we out of the woods. And nobody should, you know, yeah, it's great, celebrate last night, celebrate today, maybe even celebrate through the weekend, whatever. But you know what, after that, we got to get down to it because we are nowhere near out of the woods. We're just basically... Stopped digging is all we did. We're still in a humongous hole, okay? We just stopped digging last night. That's all. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Ma from China has said that if uh, uh, Trump goes too far, there's going to be a problem. So he's going to have his hands full, you know, when he says that the trade deficit that we have with uh, Mexico and also with China and everything, if he clamps down too hard, then it's going to really uh, create a problem with China. Well, one At thing least. he's got to do first, I think, is his major campaign thing. He took the most heat over it. He won the election, so the most thing that he took the most grief over he should do first, and that is deal with the illegal immigration. And it's a very simple thing to deal with. Everybody makes it far more complicated. And, oh, my gosh, we're going to have people dragged through the streets, and families are going to be, you know... Building the wall, securing the border is a no-brainer, which should have been done, you know, 50 years ago. But, uh, you know, in the Clinton administration, they passed legislation to build a wall. They funded to build a wall, but they never built a wall. You know, they built little parts of the wall, but they never did what they said they were going to do. Now, building a wall is a start, but like you said, you know, employer verification is is very important, and the main thing there has to be severe penalties. The penalties have to outweigh the the benefits from the crime. I mean, look at the Wall Street people. Oh, my gosh, they fined a Goldman Sachs $10 billion. Well, gee, they made a trillion dollars off their criminal uh, you know, activity. So, big deal. $10 billion is just the cost of doing business. That's not even a fine anymore at that point. So the right, thing John. you've got to make these businesses like, okay, look, well, I, I'm all for, okay, you made an honest mistake, uh, but you are guilty, and, uh, you know, okay, fine. Little fine, uh, slap on the wrist. But the second time we catch you, we seize your business, we throw you in jail, and we auction your business on the block. And that's yeah. that. And you know what that'll do? That will open up a lot of entry-level jobs for teenagers and, uh, you know, people who are working minimum wage, part-time jobs already. 
that will open up a lot of employment for them, and they will now, oh, wow, everybody's happy. So, you know, uh, more people are getting jobs, you know. Before even touching the trade deficits or the trade agreements, he would increase the lower-end jobs. And the people on the lower end are the ones really hurting in this country. So, yeah, John, uh, I'd like to hear from John. John's pretty much an expert on the immigration issue. How do you feel about the, the wall, what he said, you know, build the wall? Uh, John, how do you feel about that? Well, it kind of oversimplifies things. I mean, the wall is one thing uh, that's certainly necessary. But uh, more important than that is to uh, have effective uh, interior enforcement um, so that they can't settle here permanently in ease. Uh, we need a strong e-verify system, also no-match letters, so uh, we can determine when they're using false social security numbers and then uh, go after them on that basis. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, too, is that um, about 40% of illegal immigration does not involve people illegally crossing our border. Uh, that 40% uh, involves people who come into the country legally on temporary visas and then just don't go back. Now, uh, what we need is an effective uh, entry-exit system, you know, to uh, find out who these people are and then, then go after them. Well, let me ask you something, John. Don't we already have that? I mean, don't we already have these laws? Isn't it just the fact that they're not that these laws are not being enforced? Right, exactly. I mean, the... the uh, Entry-exit system uh, has never been built uh, completely. I mean, it's just sort of languished. I mean, the thing is, the powers that be just don't want effective enforcement, so they drag their feet and make up one excuse uh, or another for not doing what they're supposed to do. What about what about the Fourteenth Amendment? How are we going to uh, rectify that? Well, with the Fourteenth Amendment, we don't need to. Uh, uh, get rid of it, or the part, portion uh, portion of it that deals with uh, naturalization. We can just simply uh, pass a law saying that uh, uh, people who are born here are not citizens. The Fourteenth Amendment does not require birthright citizenship. Well, uh, it was originally meant for the slaves after the Civil War, correct, John? Yeah. Uh, it says that uh, people under the jurisdiction of the United States are considered citizens, but illegal aliens are people under foreign jurisdiction, and so it, that doesn't apply to them. Yeah, so do you think it would uh, be a worthwhile effort of Trump to uh, go after this 14th Amendment? I mean, this is how the anchor babies, this is how they get anchored here. They have a child, the child becomes a U.S. citizen. That's like letting a bank robber keep his loot. Hey, you just robbed the bank, you got away with it. Here's uh, all the welfare, and here's uh, the food stamps and everything else that our uh, citizens and our uh, veterans can't even get. I, I, how, how do you feel about that, Frank? Well, we don't need to get rid of the 14th Amendment. We just need to interpret it properly. And if we do that, we can just pass legislation that will end the practice of birthright citizenship. Well, and that was my that was my answer to that is that, well, now, you know, one of the more important things about this election, I mean, I, I definitely want to see, I want to see Trump fulfill the promises he made. And immigration enforcement is one of them. Uh, you know, fair trade rather than free trade is another one of them. Uh, if he do, if he does just those two things, uh, you know, and, and oh, of course, something, <laughs> whether he does anything or not, something's going to happen with Obamacare. It's either going to go, it's, if nothing is done, it's just going to fall apart on its own. 
because it, it can't support itself. But the Supreme Court justices that he is going to appoint are going to, this whole 14th Amendment thing is a ridiculous construction of, of twisting and torturing the 14th Amendment into submission to uh, radical judges because the 14th Amendment's intent was never to allow illegal aliens to drop babies here and make them citizens. That was not the intent of the people who wrote the uh, 14th Amendment. Now, uh, the Supreme Court is the one responsible for interpreting it that, oh, if you're born here, you know, you, hey, you get over the border, doesn't matter. You know, oh, we're going to have to throw out, uh, you know, uh, fruit from the poison tree, uh, uh, you know, doctrine for this one time. Because, you know, in a criminal case, if you have, uh, you know, fruit from a poison tree, the fruit is also poison. It's, right. you know, you can't keep the money you robbed from a bank, as John said. You know, just because you got, you know, got down the street, it doesn't mean you get to keep it. Uh, and, and that's true for everything except illegal immigration. And then they, you know, say, oh, well, you know, but this is the 14th Amendment, and it's a, it's a bad interpretation. It's a radical uh, interpretation by jurists who are not following the law. They're pushing an agenda, and hopefully he, he will make some Supreme Court uh, appointments that they will view this in its strict construction, you know, and say, hey, this is not the intent of it. Yeah, Obamacare, he said he was going to get rid of Obamacare. Also, uh, you know, build a wall. Also, he uh, there were other things that he promised during the election. That's what I really feel that people should hold his feet to the fire, make sure he me, follows me, through on absolutely, this. Absolutely, me too. And uh, But the thing is, you see, this is why I mentioned immigration and, and the trade issue, because I really truly believe, you know, those two things are not going to take care of themselves. Obamacare is going to go bankrupt on its own. If nobody touches it, it's just going to fail. It, you know, because it just, it's a flawed uh, system. It, it just can't, it can't succeed. It's just going to fail. It, it's, it's in the process of failing right now. You know, it's interesting. It was designed to uh, work after a fashion until he got out of office. Now, as soon as he gets out of office, it's going to do exactly what you uh, have been describing. But, you know, it's time, so it didn't hurt him politically. No, I think the hope was that, you know, Hillary Clinton was going to get in there and say, oh, my gosh, this thing is uh, its going to fail. We've got to have it. We've got to keep it. So we've got to have a one-payer system. And I think exactly. that's what that they designed the whole thing yeah. for. Well, guys, we're, we're coming up on our break uh, here shortly, and uh, one of the things I want to mention, Obama felt he should be put uh, in Mount Rushmore, and I said I agree with him. I think he, his whole body should be put in the, uh, Mount Rushmore, uh, feet first or head first. Uh, so, uh, I mean, this guy is really delusional. Uh, again, our toll-free number is 800-932-1980 if you'd like to call in and uh, talk to uh, John, uh, Frank, or myself. Again, you're listening to uh, America Betrayed on AVR uh, Radio Network. And you're listening to Frank Steffen and uh, John Vincent. And, um, again, call in 800-932-1980. If you agree or don't agree, hope you enjoy the, the music. Uh, I've got two songs from Willie Nelson. I think you'll enjoy them. And see you right after the break.
natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
American Betrayed, uh, John Clark, and uh, we're on AVR, American Voice Radio Network, and you're listening to us tonight talking about uh, the election, and we're going to be talking about white genocide and satanic uh, rituals, including child sacrifice. Uh, if you'd like to call in, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. Uh, right now, uh, I think both of you are aware, uh, John and Frank both, are uh, that white genocide is in the process uh, worldwide. Uh, that's why all the Muslims are being flooding into European countries, and that's what uh, Obama was trying to uh, uh, do to this country. Hopefully uh, 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 Trump can reverse it, otherwise uh, this will become an Islamic country. Um, the white genocide in uh, Germany is uh, conducted by Merkel, who's a Jew, who is also in the Communist Party. Now, when I say Jew... Not all Jews are bad, okay? Uh, I wish people get that straight. They always say, oh, it's all the, all the Jews. It's not all the Jews. There are some very good Jews, just like not all blacks are niggers, okay? Uh, there are some very good black people. So uh, when I say the Jews are doing it, don't think that it's all Jews are bad. I, some of the best people I know are uh, Jewish friends of mine, so uh, get off of that uh, track. Uh, but here she's uh, doing exactly what uh, Hitler tried to prevent, uh, and that's why he invaded, uh, uh, well, Poland, because they, they were killing the Germans uh, there, but also he wanted to stop the Bolsheviks in, uh, in uh, Russia doing to Germany what they did to Russia. But uh, how, how do you feel, John? Do you feel that white genocide is going on? You've got a pretty good uh, handle on this. Well, the globalist... Uh seem to have the design to want to overwhelm Western countries with uh, third world immigrants. And uh, if you go to the original definition of, of genocide, displacing a population is genocide. So, yes, that's going on. I want to read um, a line from a recent column that came out in the New York Times. It was written by somebody named Amanda Taub. And... Um, She's talking about the uh, immigration or migration going into the Western countries, and she says, quote, Western whites have a place within their nation's new, broader national identities, but unless they accept it, the crisis of whiteness seems likely to continue. Now, it's interesting, you know, telling white folks that they better stay in their place. I mean, where have we heard that line before or something similar to it? And they've got to accept it. Uh, Otherwise, there's going to be a crisis of whiteness. I mean, uh, I guess this writer thinks there's too much whiteness in Europe. Uh, that sounds rather genocidal to me as I read it, don't you think? Yeah. How about you, Frank? Well, you know, I mean, look, Europe is a small place, okay? It's part of Asia. And, you know, from the Ural Mountains west was basically predominantly white. And... From the uh, you know south and uh, east of there is predominantly not white, and Africa is predominantly not white, and uh, you know so what's the big problem here? I mean, see the minorities, they've got this thing where oh there's too much white. No, there's not too much white. There's actually less white than there is you know if you put the minorities together. There's more Asians and uh, blacks and Indians and uh, other you know non-whites. 
Then there are whites throughout the world, uh, South America, Central America, same thing, predominantly not white. But the bottom line, what they're complaining about, and they're just putting it on white, is they want white stuff. Whites have been successful. Whites have created a civilization where they can have things and stuff, and we have leisure time and disposable income, and we don't live in mud huts and crap in our yard. Uh, the thing is, that's what they want, but they don't want to work for it. They don't want the culture that built all those privileges that they call white privileges. Well, they, they, they didn't just happen. We didn't wake up and say, oh, I'm white, so I get all these things. The white culture built these things, and now we are benefiting from what we built. And they want the benefits of what we built, but they don't want to share the culture that actually built those things. And this is the exactly. problem, and, they're, and they're, they're couching it all in racism, that it's just about race. It's not about race, it's about culture, and it's about greed. You want something you didn't work for. You don't want to do what's necessary to get the benefits that we have, that we work for, that our parents, our generations work for. Yours didn't. You don't want to do that. You just want to take what you see you want, and that's what's going on. That sounds, like illegal, that sounds like illegal aliens coming in and demanding uh, everything uh, that American citizens get without uh, uh, contributing anything. Look, All they you know what? Is, uh, I would love to see... Mexicans and everybody in South America and all the Africans, I would love to see all those people thriving where they live. I'd love to see them building businesses and cities and, and, and you know, modern things and, and thriving. But they're not because their culture doesn't allow that. Their problem is not white. Their problem is their culture. And they exactly. want to keep hanging on to their culture of failure then you will always fail. And you can't blame it on white people. You can't blame it on any other people. But the thing is, that's that's really the thing. I'd love to see all these people. You know what? Because what do they say about the tide rising? All ships rise when the tide goes up. So, you know what? It's good for us if Africa and South America and the rest of the third world would, you know, pick it up, dump the destructive things of their culture, Embrace the things of a culture that succeeds and start succeeding. It would do everybody great. See, then we could live in a world where, oh, we have open trade with everybody because everybody's doing good. But that's not the world we're living in right now because there, there are large sections of the world that want things, but they don't want to do what's necessary to get those things. They would Perfect example, just uh, Frank, uh, perfect example here is... Uh, affirmative action only excludes one group of people, and that's the white male. And if you watch all your media today on television and, and the movies, you'll see uh, blacks doing most of the commercials now. Uh, you also see a black man with a white woman. They want to completely breed out the white white race. That's happening here in this country, and hopefully uh, Trump can turn around. But then they're going to call you a racist. Uh, because you're trying to protect, uh, you know, the the white race. Well, you know what? And Trump, you know, to expect Trump to be able to do something about that is to expect too much from him. I mean, he he's just the president. He really, I mean, he can suggest things as far as culture goes, but 
you know, the only thing Trump, I think, could do to, to try to facilitate what you just described is perhaps get rid of the Department of Education, because this is where these children, the new generations, are learning all these despicable uh, ideas about, you know, Johnny's got two mommies, and uh, first graders have to learn to put rubbers on cucumbers, and, you know, and all kinds of other crazy things, and and they're learning that, oh, you don't have to work, you just come here, and we'll feed you, and clothe you, and everything will be fine, and, you know, as long as you feel good about everything, everything's good, let's play baseball, but not keep score, and, you know, all that stuff is all coming out of the Department of Education into the school districts, and that, you know, that's about all Trump could do to set to, I think, influence the culture to a big degree is to get rid of the Department of Education and let local communities uh, decide what they want their children learning. Well, I think he can have a, a great effect because the only reason why the blacks are uh, in control now is because of uh, Obama, you know, the racist Obama. Uh, you know, they, they comprise 12 to 15 percent of the population, but uh, you would swear that they had about 80 percent with what they're showing in the media now. Oh, sure. But, you know, we can't we, we can't completely dismiss the black community's complaints either because they, they've gotten a, a, a short end of the stick. And it's not that, oh, they're not getting this or they're not getting that. They're not getting an opportunity, okay, because their children in the inner cities, and this is where the majority of the black communities are, are in the inner cities, and the, the education they're getting in these cities are dismal. They don't have school books. The teachers they have are not qualified. They're political hacks that have been put in there because they're somebody's girlfriend who doesn't even have qualifications to be teachers, yet they're being pulling down 80 grand a year being a teacher that they're not qualified to be. And these kids are all suffering for that. You know. And then, what, let's say you are a good black kid in school and you do everything you can do and you actually get good grades and get good test scores and you go to college and you get out and you got a degree and now some hb1 uh visa holder from india is coming and taking a job you were going to have you yeah know? john uh, john speaking of h1b remember when uh, aic uh, uh tried to put advertising out about h1b workers being brought in the country uh, supposedly to uh, do jobs that they didn't have Americans to do, but yet it was uh, beauty salons and bakeries and everything else. And, oh, yeah. And, the news yeah I remember that and, and the newspapers wouldn't take the ads because uh, the uh, people advertising with them were the ones uh, using these H-1B workers. Do um, you think that's still going on quite a bit, John? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's great abuse uh, in the H-1B program. Of course, uh, uh, there's a lot of abuse in that program that's perfectly legal. I mean, the lawyers have written it up so they can do what they want to do, the businesses, that is. Uh, but the thing is, uh, you've got widespread situation where uh, qualified Americans can't get work. Uh, they keep telling us that uh, we don't have enough uh, people qualified to do STEM work, but uh, the majority of the people who have Americans who have degrees in STEM fields don't work in STEM fields. Uh, you know, the, the companies are bringing H-1B workers to take those jobs because they can pay them less and subject them to more unpleasant conditions than Americans put up with. Right. I want to also remind our audience uh, to remember, keep boycotting CNN, the Communist News Network, and also MSNBC. Uh, Target, keep up the uh, uh, boycott there. Also, Dasani Yogurt, uh, the, the owner uh, who's a Muslim, wants to bring in millions of Muslims, flood them in. Starbucks wants only sodomites uh, as customers. 
Uh, keep that up with uh, those, and uh, that's <laughs> it. I got to, I got to, I got to add to that because that's a great list, and I, I think that that, that that people really vote with your wallet every single day. But you know, CNN, and uh, just throw your TV out your window. Just put it in the garbage truck and wheel it on down to the dump. You don't need that thing anymore. You got the internet. You can find out things, okay? You can get more than one opinion. When you watch television, they tell you what's going on. When you go on the Internet, now everything on the Internet is not true, but on the Internet, you can figure out what's going on. On the television, you have no opportunity to figure out anything. It's like going to the classroom where the teacher tells you what to think, not how to think. And the Internet allows you to think. So I would say throw that television out. Have to, unplug it, right? have to unplug it first. Uh, right now I want to get over to um, uh, the, the satanic rituals uh, conducted in our government, uh, which was uh, uh, pointed out by an old friend of mine who's uh, passed on, uh, actually assassinated, uh, Ted Gunderson. Uh, he found out that uh, a lot of these children that disappear, that wind up in milk cartons, are kidnapped uh, and they are used as satanic sacrifices. Uh, a lot of it in uh, pri uh, private sectors, um, but a lot of it also in in our uh, government. Um, they were used as sex uh, uh, for sex parties and then killed. Uh, satanic rituals. Uh, Ted uh, and they try to discredit Ted by saying that he was a nutcase, uh, but yet. At one time, he had 800 agents under him working for him at the FBI office in Los Angeles, and uh, they got him with arsenic. Uh, one day, his doctor said, Ted, you have uh, signs of arsenic poisoning, your fingernails are blue. And he had his house and car checked, and sure enough, they were dusting his air conditioning units with uh, arsenic, which uh, finally killed him. Uh, these people that are in power are really uh, evil, pure evil, uh, and Hillary, I hope uh, we drove a stake into her heart. I hope she's never going to come back. Uh, the Clinton-Bush crime family told me uh, that's one great thing that uh, Trump brought out is how evil these pe uh, people are. The Bushes said, well, we're going to vote for Clinton. Of course they're going to vote for Clinton because the Clinton-Bush crime families are the ones that have been controlling uh, this country for the last 40 years plus. Well, uh, there's yeah. a lot of you know, one thing, though, I caution everybody about, and I know today's a bad day to do that because everybody's pretty euphoric uh, who supported Trump, but this was not an election about good against evil. This was an election about not as evil against absolutely entirely evil. Because <laughs> you've got to remember, Donald Trump grew up a millionaire, and then, he, and then he built on that fortune, and now he's a billionaire. Uh, you know, they don't they don't play by the same rules as we do, and that's just the way it is. Okay, and and I you know hey I don't care they're they're whatever they've done they're going to have to answer for it, and it ain't going to be to me, just like I have to answer, and you and everybody else is going to have to answer. So will they. But the thing is, when they start affecting our lives, is when it matters. And you know he did bring it out, but you know I hope everybody doesn't expect too much from Trump. You know, our expectations are pretty high at this point, and that's why look, I just want the guy to do you know, a couple of things he promised. You know, he's only got four years as his first thing, and these are humongous. I mean, if he can fix the trade deal, and he can fix the immigration problem, I think that would be just 
more than any two presidents put together I've ever seen. You know. How about you, John? How about you, John? What do you feel? Oh, about Trump. The thing is, I think uh, Frank is right. Uh, I think uh, Trump has um, given us an opportunity to turn things around, but he, even if he has the very best intentions, he can't do it himself. I mean, it's up to the American people. We, the American people, are going to have to change our ways and become more active and take more responsibility if we are going to have a better, better country. I mean, we can't expect one man to do this for us. That's that's not uh, exactly. Well, I, I I hope that uh, I I hope he's sincere. I hope that he follows through. We really need to hold his feet to the fire, though, and make sure he comes through with these things he promised. Uh, and, you know, with the Obamacare and and the immigration, not the wall is just uh, you know that's one simple thing. There's all these ways around that, but the uh, you know, employer verification and so on, uh, and uh, the trade deficit that has to be corrected. Get jobs for Americans. And I agree with them. Americans have to come first. And if people want to come here to the United States and learn English, and uh, you know, have pride to be American, don't burn the flag, stomp on it. Uh, all all these um, are people, lefties, uh, like in California, I saw that happening. 30 years ago that one day they would try to succeed from the union and it looks like they are going to try now because of uh, Trump. Um, but um, let's just keep them, keep them honest from now on. And we still have the vermin there in Washington, D.C. They're still a criminal enterprise. They're just laying low now to see uh, what uh, Trump is going to do. But uh, the Bushes, the Clintons, uh, Mitch McConnell, Paul Ryan, uh, they're just going to go along and uh, change their spots for a while. But believe me, oh, they're still there. It's going to be the typical Democrat, oh, we just want to try to get along. Those Republicans are being un unreasonable. We're trying to compromise, meaning what the Democrats compromise means do it our way. Yeah. You know, and that's it. And when they were in power... They didn't compromise at all. They just ramrodded everything through, like Obamacare. Nobody wanted Obamacare. Everybody yeah. realized this is going to be a nightmare, and nobody wanted it, and they rammed it down our throats anyway, and they didn't care what any Republicans had to say. And you know what? I, I, I'm of a different thing. All this love and peace and let's get along talk is a bunch of crap as far as I'm concerned. I think it's time for the Republicans to say, you know what, you go and sit down and shut up for the next two years at least. And if we do good in the next two years, you can say shut up for the next two years after that. Like, no. Pelosi, like Pelosi said, we have to pass the bill to find what's in it. Mm. That's right. You know, and, and so the thing is, I, I, if I was Trump, I would make these people pay. I would make every one of these businesses, uh, these corporation CEOs, I'd make all these. I, you know what? I would be the first thing I'd do is I'd go to the FCC and I'd say, now, listen, you, I want every one of these licenses from Fox News to CNN, MSNBC. I want every one of their licenses reviewed. I want their networks audited. And we're going to see if they get to continue broadcasting. Because what they did in this election was 
you know, it might not criminal. be a criminal. It, well, I was going to say criminal, but it might not be written down somewhere that it's criminal. But you know what? It really was. It was a, it was a terrible thing they did to the American people, not Donald Trump, but to the American people. And that goes for Democrats and Republicans alike, because you know what? Everybody is entitled to the truth, and that's what the press is supposed to be there. And they made up. They they failed spectacularly miserably well uh, guys we're coming up on the end john uh, why don't you give your uh, website where people can go and check out uh, aic you've done some great work over the years i've worked with you for many years uh, you're a great patriot uh, give your uh, website so people can go there okay www.aicfoundation.com Okay, uh, please go to his website, and also make sure you check uh, AVR uh, Radio Network. Uh, Frank Stephan here is uh, CEO of that. Uh, he's been working his butt off trying to get the truth out for many, many years, uh, a lot longer than I have as far as on radio. Uh, I've been at it since uh, 1993. I thought it would be a short-term thing, but uh, it's taken up most of my life. Um, and next week, uh, on next week's show, we're going to be talking about uh, artificial intelligence, and what a threat it poses uh, with killer robots and also our water crisis, uh, the drought in California, which is going to affect about 40 million people uh, directly when the Colorado River dries up, and about our film uh, that I hope our editor will have finished here soon. Uh, he's only been working on it for two years, I think. Oh, like come that. on! It hasn't been that long. And you know, I'm not, I'm not a, a video editor. I'm, I'm learning as I go, and it's taken me some time. Okay. Well, let's hope we uh, get it. But uh, check out AVR. Also, don't forget www. Uh, American Voice. That's uh, AVR Radio. And also uh, National Writer Syndicate, www.nationalwritersyndicate. Check that out. It gets a preview of the show each week there. I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. Uh, see you next week again, artificial intelligence, which is a real severe, uh, threat to uh, humanity, along with killer robots, which may be even all, already out of control. Uh, let's hope not, because we, uh, Trump is going to have enough to deal with. Uh, don't forget my books, uh, Dead Angel. Dead Angel is about growing up with Jerry Garcia from five years old. And Posan, uh, which is about my alien encounter that went on for 10 years. They're both on Amazon.com. Check them out. And the song we're ending with is a song from the kid that I grew up with from five years old, uh, Jerry Garcia, The Grateful Dead. And we'll see you next Wednesday.
The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. With all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added, their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. Maintaining your home air conditioner is just as important as maintenance on your car. You don't know the big difference there's going to be until you've had the work done. I thought my system was working fine, but now it's better than ever. Galen Beattie did it for me, and he'll do it for you. Good servicing will not only keep your system performing well during the sweltering summers here in Houston, but it will save you money year after year. In my case, it cut my AC power consumption by 20%. Do what I did. Have Galen Beattie set up regular AC maintenance to cut your energy bill and prevent system failure at the worst time. And what's better than being comfortable and saving money? Whether you need a basic tune-up or it's time to put in a new super-efficient system, you should call BDAC, 281-222-9591. That's 281-222-9591 to schedule an AC system tune-up. BDAC and Heat. That's B-E-E-D-E-A-C and Heat.com. BDAC and Heat.com. Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com.
jagged sky I just dropped in To see what condition My condition was in Yeah, yeah Oh yeah What condition my condition Good evening, everybody, or afternoon, or wherever you might be, what time of day it is. Welcome to Dr. Krupa's Natural Health Hour. I'm joined with my good friend, Joe Lawrence, and we have a studio audience again tonight. So if you hear clapping, we paid well. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. How are we doing tonight? Uh, we're broadcasting from my version of the Garden of Eden. Uh, we have lemons and oranges. Tomatoes and onions. Uh, that's about. Oh, I think I've got some pumpkin trying to grow out there. So we have a few things. Uh, like in the Garden of Eden, Adam had bad luck with ladies named Eve, apple trees, and snakes. So I'm trying to avoid all three of those and learn a little from history in the lesson department. Um, one of the things we tonight we were gonna have our good friend Steve O'Brien from Quality Computers, but he does so much more. It ought to be called quality services or everything because he does it all but he actually had to go to work and make some money i offered to triple his salary here but since we're paying him nothing that really didn't go over very well so anyway he wanted to be here he was going to talk to us about his solar power experience and we were going to have frank join together but we didn't get to do that so we'll try to do that maybe next week uh, I wanted to give a quick plug a good friend and her and her husband are neighbors and at times patients and I've known them for quite a few years and just the kind of people when you meet them you know you're dealing with good honest people and her name is Kristen and she recently left a really great job she had with the school district, and she had loved working there. It's not one of those cases where she left because she didn't want to be there. And she started what is called Southern Chic, I guess is the proper way, Sweets and Eats. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, I just bought a dozen of her cupcakes last week for my daughter's birthday, and they were fabulous. She was way ahead of the curve when I met him on doing things natural and, and healthy. So she's making cupcakes that are just fabulous. She only buys the freshest and the best ingredients. And uh, I think she's making some sandwiches, she told me, uh, some chicken salad. So she's doing quite a few things. And like I said, her name's Kristen, a good friend, her family, uh, her friends, and been patients at times. And if you're interested, you can reach her. She's in the Houston area. It's 713-885-5893. And I'm telling you, I had 12 of her cupcakes for my daughter's birthday, and every one I tried was absolutely fabulous. So keep up the good work, Kristen, and I hope that a few of our listeners will reach out to you. And speaking of listeners... Uh, if you'd like to call in and be on the show, in fact, Kristen, if you're listening, we'd love to have you call in and tell us about what all you're doing. Uh, the number is 1-800-932-1980. Again, that's 1-800-932-1980 if you'd like to be on the show. If you got a question for Joe or myself, uh, and Joe's still working on his aquaponics, so we're going to have him do an update on that before long. Well, thank you, David. Um, uh, great to be here. 
it's uh, starting to get wintry outside and you notice know, starting to rain. It's supposed to be in the low 30s tonight, so not much going on outside. But uh, it's a good time to start um, taking inventory of uh, your equipment that you have inside the house. Um, got my seeds. I'm going to start looking at uh, getting those ready because before you know it, spring is going to be here, and we have very short winters in Texas, so we'll be outside before you know it. But this week, not so much. Do you have to uh, have a certain kind of light? Do they got to be in front of the window if you do it inside? Yeah, I mean, you want to provide as much natural sunlight as you can for the uh, for the plants. Um, the more, the better. Uh, if you're going to do something inside, you, you might want to invest in, in some grow lights or something like that, which you can find anywhere. They've got a multitude of ranges. Not my area of uh, expertise. I've got enough indoor light not to have to worry about that. So... Um, uh, that's where I stand, but yeah, you can get lights and uh, definitely enhance your your growing experience. And he's working on fixing the roof. That's on one of his honeydew lists. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a little pain, though. But it, it does it does extend up to the roof. That's that's one of those things. Getting ready for the holidays, you know, going to have some people over to the house, so just fixing some things up, polishing a few areas uh, that need a little work. But you know, normal stuff this time of the year. Well, if, if anybody's up there in the woodlands, stop in and he'll show you what he's got going on. <laughs> I know where you can get a stargazer for cheap. <laughs> uh, one of the things that we wanted to talk about uh, is many of your family members and friends and coworkers, when you're injured or sick or you're suffering whatever, they will give lots of advice everybody's got lots of advice and what you'll find out is everybody means well and they love you they care about you their friends family co-workers but everybody has your best interests they think they're giving good advice and many times what they've done is they googled something and Google says you have a take B and you'll be perfect. Well, the problem with that is being a Google doctor eliminates listening, troubleshooting, experience, uh, going with your gut, learning that everybody's different. And you may have one, one particular product that you give to a person and you may see results that just are amazing. And if you try that on another person, sometimes it could even be in their own family, you may not get those results at all. You may not get any results. So what's bad is people will Google things, and right away everybody needs this particular whatever it is, and it will do these things. And it's just not true. And if it was that easy, nobody would go to medical school. You certainly would never open up a practice. You just Google things and sell information and, and products. And whatever Google said, you'd go on your way. And it, it just doesn't work that way. It, one of the important things about being a doctor is much more important than your time in medical school is in real practice, learning to listen always continue to learn and research and and learning to troubleshoot because everybody is going to be different and there are times when you're going to think i got it figured out 
and you try the same thing on the next person and you end up talking to yourself. So stay away from Google doctors and when you get sick or injured or something's going on and the family and the friends and the coworkers give advice, just be careful because they usually mean well, they care about you, but the advice is not always good. And if, sometimes it's they watch the latest commercial, they saw a billboard, they heard something on radio, you know, one of the ads, or, or somebody Googled something. Today, the Google thing is big time. And there's a lot of great information on Google. But you, it's, being a doctor is so much more difficult than that. And as you and I were talking earlier, Joe, that that's the problem with so many of these medicines today. One person will tell you it can do everything but let you walk on water, and then that's not true because it might not help the next person at all. Yeah, true, and I guess each individual, you know, once they um, know what's wrong with them, you know, as they take medicine or advice from people, I, I guess they realize, hey, it's working or it's not working. So yeah, it's just up to the individual. You know, you just hope to get the right diagnosis. Now, I don't mind taking advice from people if it's, you know, a trusted source. But, you know, everybody I know kind of wants to put their two cents in. So you just kind of kind of pick and choose and find out what works best for you. But uh, I think, you know, ultimately you are, since you are the patient with the problem, you're the one that needs to be able to express, you know, what those uh, issues are and, you know, get them to the right people. Now, I trust you to, you know, when I have uh, issues and I know they're skeletal or, or something muscular, I know that it's something that you can probably fix. For deeper issues now, if I was in a car accident or something like that, I would probably venture down to the hospital uh, in a hurry or something happened. You know, that's why they're there. You know, these medical professionals, they didn't just go to school to wear a white coat. I mean, they're in the business of saving lives. And I truly believe that there are a lot of good people out there that work in that business that really want to do good. So, you know, take it upon yourself to do your own research, find out what is bothering you, what's ailing you, and uh, talk to the right people. They're out there, definitely. And I'd start with you, Dr. Krupa, because you really fixed me up. Well, and, and you hit on a very important thing. Um, my favorite guys on the, on the uh, what we call the medical doctor side are the emergency room. Uh, that's a specialty all by itself, and God bless them. Uh, whatever it takes to save your life, uh, to get you out of pain, to... Whatever you need when you get to that ER, do it. Mm -hmm. But what I always tell everybody as quick as you can, get out of there and then let's do things you know, the right way. Because what happens to a lot of people, they, get, they go to the ER, good things will happen there. Those guys, that's a great specialty. And then they're sent somewhere else and they end up on a long list of medications or maybe unnecessary surgeries. And, and you brought up a really good point. A lot of these people really mean well. Oh, yeah, I truly But they it. were taught the pharmaceutical model. Mm -hmm. And so they don't even understand a lot of the natural nutritional things that we talk about. I've had patients tell me that they mentioned to their MD some of the things that I had recommended, and they laughed at them. Uh, because they didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And it's, and just like uh, I've had patients tell me, well, the FDA didn't approve some of the nutritional supplements. Mm -hmm. The FDA is not involved with nutritional supplements. Mm -hmm. 
but people don't know that. So I had a patient, he didn't see an FDA approval, so he thought it must not be good for him. Interesting. And, and a lot of people think if it doesn't come from the pharmacy, it can't be good for me. Well, the way I look at it, um, a lot of those guys are taught what they prescribe and they don't know any different. But I also studied all what they give people and what it does. And, and I truly believe there is nothing that you are deficient in in that pharmacy. There are things that might give you a temporary relief from pain. Um, whatever's going on, there might be a short-term use for something. But long-term, nothing at the pharmacy is aimed at fixing anything. It's more about uh, long-term medication use. And if, if, if people would just watch the commercials and pay attention after the initial gorgeous blonde walks across the screen or floats across the lake and, and read the side effects, you are, as our good friend Richard says, direct effects, um, you would find out that the side effects are worse than what you were taking it for in the first place. Why would you risk it? Yeah. it, it they're telling you up front, Yes, we might make you have to go to the bathroom less, but we might cause the following 15 things up to including death. Yes. So why would you ever do that? I mean, to me, what this is about and one of the reasons we do this show is to help people and give people the ability to make good choices. When we say something, I want them to check us out. I don't want them to take things that we say sometimes it's our opinion we'll let them know that right. sometimes it's based on research and things that we've done right, right. but check us out mm -hmm. and i've had a lot of people ask me well how fast will what you're recommending work and i said well you know i never know because everybody's different mm -hmm. but i said when they wrote that prescription for you know prilosec or nexium or or Prozac, did you ask them? Well, no. The doctor said I needed it. Well, why are you asking now? You should be asking all the time those questions. But for some reason, they relax and let their guard down. And I, I guess that's maybe because I try to make it more relaxed. And, and I've had patients come to me who told me that the doctor had them in tears because they wouldn't take the medicine that he was prescribing and they basically felt like they got in trouble mm -hmm. and you know I have to remind people all the time we work for the patient the patient is the boss I, I'm supposed to make a recommendation and if I make a recommendation to you and you like it you go with it if you don't like my recommendation you don't have to do it and, and I don't have the right to be mad or get on you because you didn't follow what I wanted you to do. Because uh, now in my case, I want the best for my, my patients. I want the very best. I treat them like they're part of my family, like they were me. But I still am amazed when patients tell me they went to their medical doctor and basically got their butt chewed out for not taking the medication. Well, you chew me out, but only when I'm late for an appointment, which isn't too bad. That is my fault. But... <laughs> I think people trust the system. It's what they've grown up with. 
you know, going and seeing a doctor, it's everywhere, you know, they know doctors, I'm sure they've maybe worked with doctors in some capacity, but, you know, by the time you get to go to see the doctor, it's usually, hopefully it's not a serious issue, but a lot of people wait too long and they expect immediate results. Now with my, my uh, situation was a little different and I just needed to basically um, get some, get some help with uh, adjustments there you know, um, what you did and it fixed everything, but it took time for that to, um, normally work out, you know, for the system to take the adjustments and for me to get back to normal. I was a little stubborn before I went to see you. A little stubborn? Yeah, a little. Uh, Just the, a little. The, ladies and gentlemen, even the audience here in the studio is laughing at that one. Yeah. And also you forgot, or maybe you didn't forget, but we did a lot of things on the inside. A lot of things this for is, healing of the disc and the damaged tendons of ligaments. This is true. This is true. And I, I didn't mention some of those things. But, yeah, there was a, a procedure and a process to that. And, and it didn't take, you know, I mean, it took, what, an hour maybe in the visit and the extra time that you spent with me. And then, you know, you figured out what was wrong and, and we took the time. Uh, I never felt rushed, which I've always felt rushed whenever I go to a traditional medical system and you know god love them i know they got a lot of people out there that they got to see but it just didn't work for me so i had to slow things down but again it was my my fault for not coming to you sooner but you know it it is what it is it's the way it's worked out well i wouldn't say fault you didn't know that somebody like me could even help you yeah true i guess i was a little scared uh if you will i mean nobody wants to go to the doctor and they say oh you've got terminal you know whatever and you're about to die nobody wants to hear that bad news i hope nobody ever finds themselves in that situation um i was a little concerned what what was ailing me because you know i'm I'm a human being just like everybody else i mean you never know what you're gonna get these days so yeah I would say you were scared, you were angry, and your lovely wife at the time said he really doesn't want to be here. Yeah, no, I really <laughs> so want to. I, I understand that. I, mm-hmm. You know, the worst thing in the world when you're hurting that bad is not to know what you can do. Mm-hmm. And it it makes you feel a hundred years old, mm-hmm. and you're scared, mm-hmm. and, and you're thinking, oh, is my life over? Um, mm-hmm. And so many people get unnecessary surgeries. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see on TV all the time they're advertising now the Band-Aid side yeah. where they go in. I guess they're going in with a laser. Yeah, he's going to play golf and yeah. walk his dog and everything. But, That's cute. but what they're not telling people is they're not going in and fixing what caused the discompression or the nerve impingement. They're just going in with that laser and cleaning out wherever it's interfering. Mm-hmm. So you might get some immediate relief, which is a great thing, but if you don't fix that problem, it's going to come back yeah. and with a vengeance. So I always feel bad when people think that they're healed and perfect and, you know, here it comes again because I've had a lot of patients who did different things, steroid shots, lidocaine, different things that gave them pain relief. One one patient told me recently, and um, I'm, I'm still not thoroughly sure what happened, but uh, she was given a shot in the area that where a, a, a ligament had tore, and, it, and for five years there was no pain. Well, I don't know of any medication that'll do that, but something along with that may be helped, but for five years there was no pain at all. Mm. So who knows? 
Uh, one of the things in this profession is the more I learn, the dumber I truly feel because you realize you don't know anything. Yeah. And and medical school was just a good foundation to throw you out to the wolves. But the most important thing is being with the patients. Everyone's different. Uh, you responded in that first visit so fabulous. And, and then I remember when you went to get up, it was like you were expecting that bite and it wasn't there. And uh, I was grateful as you were because, you know, you, you don't want to see people in pain. And then I remember your lovely wife sitting over there. Turned out she had very bad back pain, too. And we didn't even know because she was so worried about you. So it, it, it's, it's a wonderful feeling to get to help people. And I wish more in the medical profession would just tell people the truth and let them make their own decisions because our job is always to do no harm. Mm. And, you know, getting back to what you're saying about Google doctors and, you know, researching there, you know, we researched, then you get to the point where it's sometimes overwhelming. And if you don't deal with it on a regular basis, it, it just turns off, you know, it's like, I don't even want to deal with it anymore. So you let the problem get a little worse. And then, boom, you finally throw yourself to a doctor and maybe it's not the right one. That's the one that I think people should research more is, is the doctor and what they've done and their success rate. You know, they should have like a, uh, a fantasy football, but for doctors. You know, that would be more beneficial than, you know, watching all these players on the field. They should be judging doctors, maybe even politicians. Why don't we have like a fantasy politician league? What do you think? Uh, I think most of our uh, politicians are already in Kansas City. <laughs> oh! <laughs> yes, sir. No, but uh, it's important that you find somebody. And I, I'm so blessed to find David and uh, the, the work that he's done for me. And, you know, I continue to see him. He's like, you know, I was just a mechanic, you know, um, and I'm the car. If uh, I need to change the tires or I need to get the oil, you know, uh, taken care of, topped off or whatever, he's, he's the guy to talk to. And, and you know, if you maintain you're not going to have that problem where you're stranded on the side of the road and having to um, kind of just give in to the system, so to speak. You don't want to get to that point because that's that's when it's probably too late and a little more complicated getting it taken care of. But everybody's different, like you said. You know, take advice when you can, uh, when you have it from good sources, and you know, just try to make your your own best decision. Yeah, and, and like I said, you have to remember that all those giving you advice, they wouldn't do it if they didn't care. Yeah. That doesn't always mean it's good advice, but at least we know they care and that they mean well and they want well for you, but they don't always know. Uh, I've had people um, tell people not to go to people like me because they didn't know anything about us. And as you said, we all grew up, and the only thing you ever heard about was the MDs. And antibiotics given out like candy, we now know that's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, there is so many wonderful natural things that we have to fight any kind of infection. Absolutely. That there's no reason to take an antibiotic and destroy all your good gut flora. Mm -hmm. But again, a lot of it is what, what you're taught. If you're taught to write a prescription for an antibiotic for an ear infection or a throat infection, that's what you do. Mm -hmm. I, I was really lucky. I had a DO 
in medical school that taught me the old school world about swabbing the throat with iodine when you have a sore throat because he said if you don't kill the surface bacteria it just comes back with a vengeance and he did not believe in giving the antibiotics but DOs could at that time. DOs used to be a lot like a doctor of chiropractic but they got prescription writing ability they begged for it I guess I don't know and he said once they got that things changed a lot so not a good thing I I don't, there's, there's no prescription other than a short-term pain medicine or something like that that I would ever want to give anybody. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's just the way I think. No, I agree with you 100%, David. Well, we are getting close, ladies and gentlemen, to our commercial break. Please hang with us. We will be right back after this message from a few of our sponsors. from if the power is out for an extended period of time, I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives, or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com, N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. I would like to tell you about the only truly natural dog and cat food I have found anywhere. Most all companies add a synthetic vitamin mineral pack to their dry or kibble food. Nature's logic is different. 
with all natural ingredients and nothing man-made added. Their owner, Scott Freeman, worked for another pet food company, but decided he wanted to do things right. So he started Nature's Logic. You can check them out at natureslogic.com. You will find online and local stores where you can find their products. I spent a lot of time trying to find an all-natural pet food, and Nature's Logic was the only one out there. Give your pets the best and check out naturelogic.com. Your pets will be glad you did. They also have many other natural pet products to try. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. to the city audience that if, if you believe in God 
and one thing that he made does everything, then he must have been really screwed up because he made a whole lot of things. Well, I'm betting on him that he knew what he was doing and he realized that all these things have a place and there's many, many herbal things. So, yeah, and, and Frank says, uh, yeah, and all cannabis is not the same. Very well put. Uh, which kind did you bring in tonight, Joe? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I was teasing him at, at the... The commercial break, I said, yeah, we could look out into the city audience and say, does that needle hurt? Oh. Uh, but in our case, no, nobody's doing the drugs. But yeah. my belief on the drugs is everything should be legal. And then you could experiment and find what maybe benefits somebody. Right now, we've got tons of illegal drugs. People working as drug lords and all kinds of vicious, terrible crimes because things are illegal. And if it was legal, all that would go away. Uh, I read that, and I think it was Colorado, when they first made uh, medical marijuana and personal marijuana legal, that, and I guess it's the same now, that the prices were so high once all the government regulations and rules and all that stuff and license and fees went into effect, that it was cheaper for people that they were still buying it out on the street because it was too expensive to buy from the legal places. Now, I don't know, uh, I, I don't live in a place where it's legal and they're doing that. So if anybody, if you're in any of those states, where that's going on and it's still cheaper to buy on the street and the regulations are driving the little businesses nuts, please give us a call. Uh, it's 1-800-932-1980. We'd love to hear what it's like in the areas where it is legal. But to me, and we're going to throw it to Joe here in a second and see what he thinks, but to me, you ought to just make everything legal. We'd have a lot less people in prison, a lot of very small, petty crimes, and it's like, to me, whether or not you smoke pot is not much different than whether or not you choose to drink alcohol or smoke a cigarette or whatever you might want to do. You might want to eat some shrooms. And now it's really funny. I saw some research the other day that they're finding out there's a whole lot of medical benefits from mushrooms. Well, we knew that forever. Uh, Ganderma and shiitake are in some of the products that I use, and they've had benefits since the beginning of time. So anyway, let me bounce it over to Joe and see what he thinks about my legal drugs. Well, it's interesting, Dave, and you kind of threw me a curve a little bit when we're going to talk about it tonight. I mean, it's a sensitive subject. Uh, there's been some benefit to the legalization. Um, I know it's been a, uh, there's been a war on drugs since what, uh, what, Reagan, I'm sorry, Nixon started that in, what, in the 70s or something like that. Uh, Unfortunately, I think um, there's good and bad to it. Uh, I'm not one to, to be on the pro side of it, though, I'll tell you right now, and I think we discussed that a little bit earlier. I, I know there's some medical, uh, people are finding medical relief to it, but it kind of opens the door to uh, abuse, like anything. I mean, but maybe we've just had a different culture here in the United States. When, uh, when I was in the military and we went to Europe, they have a totally different approach towards those things. Uh, alcohol, it's, you know, they don't have a, a legal drinking age, you know, um, 
the children were introduced to it at an earlier age, so it wasn't such a big deal. It's not like, oh, I can't wait till I turn 21, and man, I'm going to go tear it up. And a lot of people, you know, do that and unfortunately suffer greatly the next day. But they had a different approach to that. And same with drugs over there. I know they, they grow it pretty freely. But, you know, historically here in the United States, there has been a benefit for it. I mean, when we first had our uh, Navy, those sales were made from hemp products. The rope that they used was made from hemp. The clothing is fantastic. I know there's been research done, and um, I remember reading the um, the seeds had a benefit to it, but there's something in the seeds. But you know, all the different products that you can make from it, um, those are good. And like I said, everybody has a different reaction to it. Um, but on the flip side, the people that are abusing it and they're just you know in a phased or a hazy state of mind all the time, they're they're really cutting their potential down. And and that's the part that I'm concerned about: these young kids getting a hold of it, and you know just they're like driving a car, you know, you're, you don't know what you're fully doing. And, you know, there have been, uh, there's been research done on that where it, it limits the development of the brain in some of these younger patients, or I won't call them patients in these kids that are smoking marijuana. Plus, you know, if there's no regulation on it and they're just buying it off the street, you don't know what's in it. And, you know, there's tons of different varieties out there. You don't know if they're spraying it with stuff. And, you know, there's diff- different things that you're opening yourself up to. So yeah, so we don't know that right now. But uh, you brought up no. a good point. When mm-hmm. we were in the service yeah. and you're overseas, mm-hmm. none of this was a big deal because it wasn't illegal. Yeah. The drinking, mm-hmm. the smoking, uh, any of the drugs, it wasn't a big deal. And what you find today is a whole lot of people are in jail over some pretty trivial stuff. Uh, Frank mentioned that uh, he lives in one of those states where it's legal. Frank, if you'd like to come share some of that, what it's like uh, up there now, we'd sure like to hear from you because uh, I've been hearing that the government regulations and, and all that has made the prices of the stores so high that people are just back buying on the street in places like Colorado. Mm-hmm. So uh, are you on, Frank? I am. Hey, Frank. Tell, hey, tell us a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our producer, friend, and the owner of American Voice Radio. And he lives in Oregon, and he's going to tell us a little bit about what it's like up there now that they've changed some of the laws. Well, Oregon actually uh, Oregon actually did a pretty good job with the uh, transition because they uh, first went to medical marijuana. And they pretty much worked the bugs out of the system. And then, you know, we had a, uh, the legislature did not pass the law to make recreational uh, or medical legal. We do it uh, here by uh, ballot measure. And um, there was a ballot measure to uh, legalize recreational marijuana shortly after the medical marijuana passed. And it failed the first time because people were not comfortable with the idea yet. And they wanted to see basically, well, okay, you know, how's this medical marijuana thing going to work out? You know, because, of course, we got the reefer madness. People are going to be going crazy in the streets and raping them white women and all this other crazy (laughs) stuff that they, uh, you know, that they say about marijuana. And it never happened. None of it ever happened. And, uh, you know, and then the second time it came around on the ballot, people overwhelmingly, like 70%, said, yeah, make it legal, recreational. Well, and that opened up uh, basically what you're describing 
because the medical marijuana thing is a completely closed system, uh, and you got to go through the uh, state licensed doctors and all that stuff. So it really didn't affect the price except for them. Uh, but now that it, it went recreational, yeah, the prices did go up. And a lot of it does have to do with the uh, the licensing and the taxes uh, because they charge something over 20% tax on it. So the state's raking in the dough uh, doing it. But also, you know, a minimal cost also is is a good thing, though. And I don't mind paying extra for this, or and I don't think anybody would, even, you know, if it was a food product or any other kind of product. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if you could go to the grocery store and go to the vegetable department and uh, have a list on it because it went through a lab and they tested it and they can tell you it's got this much amount of this in it and this much amount of that in it and it's got all this listed here you you know everybody would probably pay a little extra for that and that's what the legal marijuana has done here because all the marijuana has to be tested and they actually uh, just added a couple of more pesticides that they test for now that they hadn't uh, you know, so actually you're getting a better product, and yeah, you're paying uh, more for it, and it's mostly the taxes, but, you know, you also have the benefit of, you know, it's it's all a balancing thing. Yeah, you can go down to Julio on the corner and say, hey, you know, and then he'll sell you a bag of weed, and like you mentioned, you don't know really what you're getting, uh, you don't know what the content of anything in it is or anything like that you, you don't know so you just buy it and take your chances but at these uh stores now you know everything's listed everything's tested and you you can shop like you shop for anything else so there's you know there's that advantage to it and yes it does cost more but you know i don't see anybody i don't see a big inflow of people you know going and not but it's certainly not damaging the business of these people because you know these places always have full parking lots i can imagine you know and you know maybe maybe i should have worded not so much that we make everything um legal but that everything just not be illegal because what's happened is we've got bureaucratic red tape and so many people in jail and uh, I did some research one time and one of the reasons that marijuana was pushed into this corner because it's really not a big deal compared to a lot of other things was they said Randolph Hearst had bought a lot of forest and people back then were talking about using the product to make paper and he had the power and the connections, they said back then, to make sure that marijuana did not become legal because they could use it to make ropes and paper and all that stuff that would be in direct competition with his forest. Well, between so, between Hearst and the forest and the cotton producers down south, that pretty much put the kibosh on uh, hemp. Right, and so you know the marijuana so, thing was you know with the the cannabis for smoking because hemp. Hemp is not the same as what you use for medical marijuana or recreational marijuana. Right. It's a completely different thing. You could smoke that stuff all day long, and you're you're going to get a headache is all you'll get. But he, they said he was instrumental, and I don't think they really differentiated back then uh, in making sure that, you know, hemp and, and cannabis were illegal 
because he felt that it could be used to make paper. So that that was some of the research I dug into. And, and like I said, to me, we've got all these people that are drug lords and illegal sales and all this crap going on where, just like in the old days for Prohibition, they, they, they tried to say alcohol was bad and banned it from everybody because some people aren't going to handle it well. Well, that didn't go over too well because the rest of the world, as Joe mentioned, none of those things are a big deal. Kids grow up in Italy where I stayed for two years drinking wine anytime they want. And it, what I noticed with, with uh, cannabis and the pot was they got punished in these legal states like the cigarette guys did. You know, you notice you don't see any cigarette commercials anymore. You don't see uh, any advertising hardly for cigarette stuff, and they're being taxed absolutely to death because they couldn't win that fight. And all it come down to was somebody's opinion that cigarettes were bad and they had the power to make their life miserable. Well, you know one other thing here in Oregon that is probably of interest to people that you know, the stores that are legal stores here in Oregon, and they can sell recreational or medical, uh, they have two different, you know, statuses for that. But anyways, uh, they cannot take anything but cash. They are cash-only businesses because the federal government still considers uh, cannabis a class one drug as they do heroin or methamphetamines and they will not allow the banking system to deal with you know cannabis businesses so all their business has to be done on a cash basis <laughs> now that's funny no. uh, and again the federal government needs to stay out of that the, the way I remember this country being set up in the beginning was state rights the state's were the ones that decided their stuff. And the federal government was supposed to be in charge of things like, you know, protecting the the country and and some uniform stuff. But somehow states' rights have gone out the window and the federal government has stepped in on everything health-related and many things else besides that, like they're the, the godfather overlooking the neighborhood, and it's wrong. The, the state should be able to decide what they want to do. And if not, they ought to be able to leave the union, which that didn't work very well, but uh, they've tried. And, and I, I think when you start having the federal government step in and do that, it, 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 in a way it's a good thing because if you're taking in cash, you may just not count all of it by accident. You never know where when they take in checks and credit, there's a record they can tax all that. Well, that's true. It's not very well thought out. And, you know, I, I just heard something, though. I don't know. Joe, did you realize that, that Dave was that old? I mean, he just said I was gonna he, say, remembers, I... <laughs> he remembers back at the start of the country. Geez, you're holding up pretty good, Dave. <laughs> I have to look at my picture of them signing the uh, declaration. I think I saw them in the background there. But real quick, um, you, you know, I, I guess one of the benefits, though, with this whole legalization thing is, is the violence and that the cartel violence, especially, um, you know, now since the states are opening up, 
you know, you're seeing the balance, uh, you know, come down. These people don't have as much power and control as they did at the time. In fact, I was reading an article while you guys were talking, um, you know, that the price in Mexico has gone down greatly. So, you know, it doesn't benefit them to grow it and try to ship it across the border anymore. It's, they're, they're losing their, their customer base because we're growing it over here. And, you know, the, the windfall that they get from all the taxes and whatnot now, I hope those are used in a beneficial way, you know, and that's that's my concern too, you know, just just because it's legal, just you know, okay, yeah, well, somebody's got to keep track of that, and always it seems that their solution is is more bureaucracy to that. Well, what they Which, did here was they put in there and they said, okay, look, here's the things like this much of the tax goes to this, this much goes to that, mm-hmm. and that's how it is right now. But you know how legislatures are; they get in there and they go, well, you know, uh. Gee, we really like to rather take this than go here and uh, take this, you know, for ourselves. And uh, and and over time, that's what ends up happening. But right now, you know, they put it to education and uh, other, you know, things people most people would think are good. And you know, and they're getting a windfall, quite a big windfall. But you know, the thing about prohibition of anything. You know, whether it's alcohol or marijuana or any other drug or anything. I mean, you could say, okay, tomorrow, starting tomorrow, no more shovels. Nobody's allowed to have a shovel. We catch you with a shovel. You're going to prison. You know, right away, you would have the black market for shovels. And and then there would be people killing each other over shovels. You know, and this is what (laughs) prohibition creates. I mean, alcohol prohibition created organized crime. And it also created the FBI into the monster that we know it today. So prohibition has a lot of bad things, even though a lot of people are, you know, bamboozled basically into believing, well, you know, the way to do something good is to prevent somebody from doing something we don't want them to do that we maybe even think it's bad for them and we're we're trying to do something good. It's never a good idea to just say, okay, that's prohibited. What happens when you tell your kid? Now, listen, you, I'm telling oh, you, yeah. you better not ever, I better never catch you touching that thing over there. Man, the minute you turn your back, where's the kid? Yep, yep, yep. Oh, yeah, and that's why I said I, I was in uh, Naples, Italy, homeported over there in the Navy for two years. And the whole European culture, everywhere I went, I traveled to a lot of different countries while we were over there. And it was just relaxed. We didn't see the drug crimes. You didn't see the abuse. But, you know, even with all these crazy laws we got, the only thing I've seen positive out of that is they make a lot of money uh, paying these enforcements and taxing them to death. And look what happened with cigarettes. Mm -hmm. Cigarettes have been around since forever, and they got beat to death and taxed unmercifully. And it sounds like a 20% tax on pot up there that they're doing the same thing. But if everything, as I said, wasn't in the not illegal, but just that everything was legal, there was, because right now we, we are obsessed with telling people what we think you should do. And to me, that, that goes back to the family. If you don't want your kids drinking wine or smoking pot or whatever, that's how you raise your children. And you you justify that with your family, and that's where it should be left. And then when they get out on their own, they can do what they want with their family. But the government stepping in saying, Frank, you shouldn't drink or you shouldn't smoke that joint, that's wrong. And we've proved that all it does, as Joe brought up, the violence, uh, the cartels. And when you make all that stuff where people can get it on their own, grow their own, 
just like prohibition. You know, one thing bad about prohibition for the government was organized crime really became organized, and the government never could compete with those guys. If, they, if it wouldn't have been for tax dollars and uh, the FBI, those guys would have been in business forever because they know how to run stuff. Yeah. And real quick, though, uh, if you are looking to make some money in the drug trade, and I use that term loosely, uh, and it just happens, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, there are stocks that follow these companies that are growing uh, you know, on a large scale, and they're national, and you can buy some of these stocks. They're still relatively cheap right now, so if you wanted to, you know, like I said, make money off the drug trade without being affiliated with a cartel, that's, that's one way to get into the business, if you like that. Well, one thing Oregon <laughs> did do about hemp is hmm. because, you know, they have strict rules, like here in Oregon, everybody uh, can grow four plants for their own personal use with no license, no permit, no nothing. You just <laughs> you just got to make it so people can't see it from the road. That's the only thing. But you can you know you can have four plants. Anybody in the state can have four plants. But you see hemp, you know, because of that, there was no commercial viability of it because you can't make any money. Everybody growing four plants of hemp, you have to grow mm-hmm. fields of this stuff just like you know any other commercial thing. And they've loosened that up so. We should, uh, here in Oregon, uh, from what I hear, up north they're going to be building a uh, hemp processing plant because as it is right now, uh, the only hemp processing plant in uh, North America is in Canada. Uh, That's going to be be coming up. And, uh, you know, that's a really good thing because it's much more durable goods. I mean, whether it's your clothes or paper, it just lasts a lot longer if it's made out of hemp. Yeah, and it's uh, pretty easy to grow, is it not, uh Oh, yeah, it's like a weed. It is a weed, you know. Really. Well, you know, and, and I like what you guys did up there. The legislature didn't get to decide that they were God and tell you whether you could do it or not. You voted on it. The people decided. And that's how it ought to be. It ought to be put on the ballot. And if that's what the people want, then you let them do it. I mean, I, I think crime rate drops every time you make a lot of that stuff legal. And I, I can't even imagine how many poor people are in jail over some silly stuff about pot. I mean, it just it breaks my heart. Well, what they, say, what they said out, I read something out of Colorado <clears throat> that heroin use has gone way down since marijuana was legalized. Hmm. What a surprise. Well, I guess well, that's a benefit. Uh, you know how our producer is, so I guess we're going to have to start wrapping things up. But uh, thank you very much for coming on and telling all of that. Yeah, Frank. good to hear you, Frank. That you is bet. really neat. You bet. Um, and as always, ladies and gentlemen, it is a real pleasure to be here. Um, we want to help you make good decisions uh, or give you the information so you can make a good decision. And like the song says at the beginning of the show, whatever condition your condition was in, We hope we helped you improve a little bit. As always, may God bless you with health and happiness. Try to treat everybody like you want to be treated. And God bless you all, and we will see you here same time next week. Thanks a lot. Fantastic. Good night. Seems the love I've known has always been the most destructive kind. Guess that's why now... I feel so old before my time. Yesterday, when I was young, the taste of life was sweet, 
As rain upon my tongue I teased at life As if it were a foolish game The way the evening breeze May tease a candle flame The thousand dreams I dreamed The splendid things I planned I always built to last On weakened shifting sand I live by night And shun the naked light of day And only now I see How the years ran away Yesterday When I was young So many happy songs Were waiting to be sung So many The political, religious, and medical views presented on various shows heard on American Voice Radio Network are not necessarily the views held by the management of American Voice Radio and are not presented as an endorsement by this network. All statements heard on American Voice Radio are the sole responsibility and opinion of those who speak the particular statement. that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. 
Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Welcome to America Betrayed. You're listening to us tonight on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. If you'd like to call in and uh, voice your opinion on anything you hear tonight, you're going to be talking on uh, different subjects. You're going to be talking about uh, the Clinton Deadpool, also the list of women that uh, uh, Bill Clinton has assaulted, uh, raped, or whatever. He is a serial rapist. Also, uh, secrets from the Secret Service. And also, I'm uh, going to be talking about my old friend, uh, who used to be head of the FBI office in Los Angeles, who was murdered by her own government. We're going to be talking about how it's related to what's happening today. Uh, again, uh, 800-932-1980. That's 800-932-1980. And if you'd like to see a preview of the each week's show, go to nationalwritersyndicate.com. That's www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. Uh, it'll give you a preview of the following next week's uh, show. Uh, go there, check it out. There's uh, a lot of my articles are on there also that I've written over the years. Um, take a look. There's a lot of very interesting uh, information there. Uh, like with AVR, uh, you're going to hear the truth, not the uh, crap that the uh, 
mainstream media puts out. If you want to hear the truth, uh, tune in AVR and also go to National Writers Syndicate. Also, I have a couple of books out if you care to uh, check them out. One is Posan. Posan is about my alien encounter that went on for 10 years. And also Dead Angel, which is about growing up with Jerry Garcia. Uh, they're both on Amazon.com. Check them out. Uh, I think you might find them. I got involved with the illegal immigration issue uh, back in '93 uh, uh, with uh, Proposition 187. I worked with Barbara Coe, who uh, was one of the co-sponsors of Proposition 187, uh, which was a um, proposition that would cut off benefits to illegal aliens. At that time, I was uh, really unaware of uh, anything. I was just dumbed down like everybody else in this country, uh, really ignorant of, of what was going on, just uh, watching the, the media and believing everything. But uh, Proposition 187, it passed. Uh, the majority of Californians uh, passed it. Uh, but uh, everybody was in, up, in an uproar, and I couldn't figure out why. Uh, at that time, I said, it's illegal, so what's the, what's the big deal? And uh, then one federal judge came in and uh, blocked it, stopped it, and said, no, no, that, that's the way they control our voting is with federal judges, and uh, they also control us with the IRS. Uh, at that time, I didn't know that uh, I was, uh, uh, I didn't know what a liberal was. Uh, I was producing concerts. And uh, I thought all the musicians that I knew were just a little eccentric. And then uh, after a while, I found out what a uh, liberal was. And then I went to Washington, D.C. People asked me to uh, put together um, uh, Immigration Awareness Week. That was back in 95. And um, put together a press conference at uh, the press club with uh, Pat Buchanan and also a uh, uh, press conference on the Capitol steps with uh, Sonny Bono uh, MC in it. And at that uh, press conference there, I met a, a gentleman uh, who I found out was uh, it turned out to be one of the great patriots, uh, one of the real people uh, really trying to stop the problem, not uh, these organizations in Washington, D.C. that are uh, controlled opposition, uh, where their uh, officers are making three, four $400,000 a year. Uh, and um, also... Uh, really getting rid of any grassroots organizations along the way. But there was one group, um, it was AIC, Americans for Immigration Control, uh, and John Vincent uh, was the president of that. And I worked together uh, quite closely with him and um, 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 a few uh, other people, Barbara Coe and, and others. Uh, many have passed away, Terry Anderson, Barbara Coe, uh, Bill King, and others. But John Vincent hung in there. Uh, he went through, like I said, he doesn't make $300,000 a year. He's just uh, barely getting by and has been. And But then uh, I went to work for him uh, for a number of years. Um, we worked together, and then uh, they, he sponsored my radio show, this show here, which uh, ran for a few years, and then I uh, became sick and had to uh, take off. This is my 11th show since coming back. But I wanted to bring John on tonight because, uh, like I said, he's a great patriot. Uh, there's uh, very few people that I feel are really uh, men of God. I've had, uh, well, I haven't met him, but uh, um, I did meet uh, Charlton Heston, who I felt was a man of God, and uh, a couple of others. Um, also, the man who uh, discovered uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and, and uh, the Ark of the Covenant and, 
others. I feel he was a man of God. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been able to find these things. But uh, I want to welcome uh, John Vincent uh, to the show tonight. Uh, John, good evening. Hello, John. How are you doing? Good to be back good, on the show. John. Yeah, John, uh, like I said, you're uh, one of the true uh, patriots that I know of. I mean, Barbara Coe was a, a great one, and, and Terry Anderson and others, and it seems like uh, they're all passing on, uh, and uh, it, it becomes very difficult. And I know you had some difficult times uh, because uh, you are you are trying to do the real thing and not uh, all the uh, phony baloney stuff that some of these organizations in Washington, D.C. are doing, and uh, you, you you know, hanging in there. So I hope people, uh, you know, go to your website and uh, help you out on that. Um, so what, what's the latest, John? Uh, what's the latest with the illegal immigration issue? Well, uh, the propaganda line of the, uh, what I call the Lugan Press, you know, that in German means the lying press. I think that's what we need to call them. Also, I don't think we should call them uh, the mainstream press anymore. That gives the idea they have some legitimacy. Let's call them the corporate press because they're controlled by the corporate interests, and they're not interested in truth. They just want to present their line. Uh, what is uh, going on now is that um, there's a surge of illegal immigration. Uh, you know, they, they are saying that, uh, oh, you know, uh, uh, that uh, immigration from Mexico is very low now and that uh, it's not an issue anymore, so let's just don't worry about it. Let's just give them amnesty, the ones who are here. Well, the thing is, uh, thanks to the Obama administration that has just virtually uh, eviscerated immigration law enforcement, uh, they just have a green light to come here, and they are coming. Uh, not as many Mexicans, but uh, the Central Americans are filling in the uh, gap, and uh, illegal immigrants from other countries, even Africa, they're coming up. Uh, the Mexicans are giving them passes to get to the American border so they can cross, and they they finally uh, figured out that all they have to do is uh, claim that they are asking for asylum. Uh, and then the government has to uh, say, well, we'll set up a hearing for you. And they don't uh, uh, hold them uh, very much anymore. And so they just uh, let them go on their own recognizance. And, you know, they just never show up. <laughs> now, John, uh, how, did, how did you get involved with the illegal immigration issue? You, you were with the newspaper for a, a while, right? How did you get involved with this issue? Yeah, I was a newspaper editorial writer, and uh, this is an issue that I dealt with. I started reading about it, and I agreed with what uh, Ronald Reagan said many, many years ago. He said that the uh, country without borders is not a country anymore. Um, incidentally, uh, Time magazine recently published an article saying that it doesn't matter if we don't have borders, that uh, uh, you know we can be a great country without borders. Uh, I mean... The, the dishonesty of these people is just astounding. And one thing I'm happy about uh, this campaign this year, because it reveals once and for, for all that the uh, corporate media, not the mainstream press, but the corporate media, are just fundamentally dishonest. I mean, they're, they're just Clinton uh, cheerleaders. I mean, they don't make any pretense at all now to be impartial. And I hope people pick up on this and see it and realize that these snakes are just snakes. I mean, don't trust them. Don't ever trust them again. I remember when people always felt that uh, the Bush uh, family were their saviors. And uh, I know or knew uh, when I was working in Washington, D.C., that uh, they weren't. Uh, because I remember uh, even before George Bush uh, uh, became president, uh, there was memos sent out, don't touch uh, illegal immigration. Uh, that was sent to all the congressmen, uh, Republican uh, congressmen on that. Uh, 
the Bush Clinton crime family have controlled uh, the White House for about 40 years plus, and they're all for open borders. Uh, they are traitors to this country, and I think that's one of the best things that Trump has uh, bought out of them is to show how they are. He, uh, all the Bushes now are voting for uh, Clinton. I mean, there's no difference. I mean, they're the Bush Clinton crime family. It's a Congress right now is a criminal enterprise. Uh, I mean, and the Bushes and the Clintons, they're just different, different tentacles of the same octopus. That's all they are. Exactly. And, uh, you know, they have their uh, masters. And uh, if uh, Hillary gets in, I mean, it, it's all over. I mean, uh, she wants open borders. She wants to get rid of the Second Amendment, to disarm everybody. It would be the end of this country. No, I'm what, a, what a liar this woman is. I mean, on, uh, during the debate with Trump, uh, uh, you know, when the uh, moderator pointed out her statement to the to her uh, banking buddies that she'd call for uh, open trade and open borders, she said, "Oh no, I was just talking about green energy." No, I mean that's preposterous. I mean the woman is just a ball faced liar. I mean she's a sociopath. She can just lie without breaking a sweat. Well, I call I mean, her more of a psychopath, and um, you know it's it's uh, really interesting that. Uh, uh, you know, we have somebody like this that's running for president of the United States, and all these polls are a bunch of uh, crap. Uh, they're, they're all uh, lies. You know, the, uh, I, we voted. Uh, my wife and I went and voted, and everybody coming out of there was uh, voted for Trump. Uh, we drove around. We never saw one uh, Clinton sign at all anywhere, on, you know, lawn signs. They were all uh, all Trump. Uh, but they, they've been doing this, uh, yeah, you know, they, they, we've never had the opportunity to really actually vote for anybody. They've always been appointed by the masters. Uh, that's why we have the Bush-Clinton crime family. Look back at 40 years and you'll see there's Bush, Clinton, Bush, Clinton. You know, they tried to uh, get Hillary in this time because they promised her because they knocked her out of the way. They wanted to use Trotsky's uh, word uh, racism. Uh, which has been very effective. That's why they put a black man in, in the White House. If you attack him, you're a racist. Been very, very effective tool for him. And then they said, promised uh, Hillary that she would be next, and uh, they put her in. And uh, you know, hell of high water, she's going to get in there, and she would completely, completely finish what Obama has done to this country, and that's destroy this country. Illegal immigration is one of the ways they've done it. They've tipped the balance by bringing in all these illegals. Uh, John, what would, you, what would your estimate be of, of the illegals? They always, they've been using this uh, figure 12 million for uh, at least 20 years that I know of. Uh, wouldn't you well, say I, I've heard? You know, well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know, I think about 10 years ago, uh, Bear Stearns Investment Firm did a pretty uh, thorough analysis. They said that it could be as high as 20. I, I like to be conservative and just use the 11 to 12 million figure. I, uh, people who hold that say, yeah, I mean, they, they keep coming in, but a lot of them go back and die. Uh, again, I mean, I, I can live with that. I mean, 12 million, 11 million, I mean, that's just uh, outrageous. I mean, and if it's more, that's even more outrageous. Yeah, and then you see where Jerry Brown, the governor of California, has now passed a bill to let illegals vote. I mean, they've been voting in our elections anyway uh, for many years. I, if you remember, uh, I, 20 years ago, I gave a, a whole a bunch of uh, uh, numbers, uh, thousands of illegals voting in California, and they did nothing with it. That was the Republicans who gave it to. That was uh, somebody that was working on the inside. Uh, but these are, uh, it's really incredible. And they use the word undocumented. 
you know, to take away the word illegal. Well, it's not right to say illegal. Well, of course it's illegal. Uh, John, I'm, I'm an undocumented brain surgeon. I mean, the only document I lack is a degree from medical school. I don't have a medical school degree. Oh, you're an undocumented brain surgeon. Were you Obama's doctor? Well, I mean, I would offer him my services. I mean, I'd be glad yeah. to, actually. Uh, well, but, uh, you know, it, it, they also put the word immigrant, and I really get sick and tired of hearing them saying, uh, Ill, um, you know, undocumented immigrant. They're not immigrants. My wife is an immigrant, and anybody that does it legally is an immigrant. And it, it's just really an insult that people are playing by the rules. I mean, they come in, the, the, the child becomes a U.S. citizen. Uh, they demand free health care. They demand free education, which they get. They get services, benefits that American citizens can't get, which is really an insult. Now, that's how they've tipped the balance of people voting. That's why uh, Hillary supposedly is getting any votes at all, because the only people that are going to vote for her are moochers, illegal aliens, sodomites, uh, feminists, and uh, uh, criminally insane people are the only people they're going to vote for. So, um, I don't know, John. I, I, I think they may have tipped the balance. Uh, you know, what with, you said about you know, the signs is interesting. Um, I've noticed the same thing around here on the past presidential elections. Uh, there was you know, a fair number of Obama signs in this part of the state. This is a fairly conservative area, but still there were a fair number of Obama signs. But uh, in a 40-mile radius of where I am right now, I've seen exactly two Hillary signs, just two. I thought I saw three, but I looked closer at one of them and said Hillary for prison. Uh, but this evening, I went over to a Stanton. It's about 40 miles from here. Uh, Ten miles out, I saw that's almost 30 uh, Trump signs in yards, and I saw you know one Hillary sign. Uh, I mean, that's interesting because I mean there were a, lot, a good fair number of Obama signs there, you know, four years ago and eight years ago. And I talked right. to people in other parts of the country, and they've observed exactly the same thing. People in Pennsylvania, Texas, uh, Michigan. Yeah, well, they've been lying. Any, I mean, it shows that there's not any great passion for Hillary. You know, we have liberals uh, here in this county, and they've written letters to the local newspaper, but even they don't support Hillary. They attack Trump, but they don't say Hillary is a good candidate. Even they can't stomach her, apparently. Right. John, why don't you uh, give your information, uh, your uh, uh, phone and also your uh, address and uh, your website, how people can get a hold of you, because uh, they really should support you, uh, people like you, because okay. you're really a true patriot. You've been at it for many, many, many years, even longer than I have. I, I started in 93. You were involved even before that. So uh, why don't you give that information out, because we're coming up on break here in just a few minutes. Okay, the uh, so uh, website is uh, com. And phone number is area code five four zero four six eight two zero two two. Yeah, and also uh, want to uh, re uh, say hello to all the new listeners we have in Baja, Baja, California. I understand we have quite a few down there now. Quite a few Americans are living uh, down in Mexico. Uh, I remember, I was interviewed by Mexican TV many years ago, and they said, "Well, we have a lot of illegal Americans in Mexico." I said, "Well, kick them out." Um, I said, you won't do it because the difference is they're bringing money into your country. Uh, the illegals here are taking money out of our country, billions of dollars. Uh, I hope uh, Trump is legitimate. 
uh, I hope that, uh, you know, he's going up against uh, uh, trillions of dollars. Uh, he may have $4 billion or $10 billion, whatever he says, but uh, it's very, you know, I, I don't know. He has a tough road to hoe because he's going up against some really evil, evil people. Right now, we're almost as close to Sodom and Gomorrah as you can get. The Sodomites have taken over the... Uh, just uh, it's bad. Also, I want to remind people, uh, keep the boycott up of Target. They lost uh, something like $7 billion because of the uh, boycott, because they catered to sodomites. Also, Dasani uh, yogurt, uh, that's uh, a Muslim who wants to bring in millions of more Muslims. Uh, Starbucks uh, only likes uh, sodomites. And, uh, you know, keep that up. That's the only thing they're going to understand. Also, well, CNN, I think most people are aware CNN is the Communist News Network. Uh, they're really bad. MSNBC, another thing. Bill Gates is another one. Uh, also, uh, uh, there's a few others. But uh, I'm playing a couple of songs tonight. Uh, normally, uh, I play uh, some oldies but goodies, but tonight I'm dedicating a couple of songs to my wife. Um, and I hope she enjoys them. And like I said, she's a legal immigrant from Venezuela. I hate to see what happened to her country happened to this country, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. It's just unbelievable what they've done to a beautiful country like Venezuela. And the people down there are suffering, and uh, the people that did it there are trying to do the same thing here. But uh, here we come up on the break, and see right after break, and after the break we're going to be talking about the FBI agent, uh, uh, women that uh, uh, Bill Clinton assaulted, and, and a few other things. And again, the toll-free number is 800-932-1980. See you right after the break.
have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Worried about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preservatives or soy you can be confident your new mana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency newmana.com a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster that's newmana.com n-u-m-a-n-n-a.com just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
America Betrayed. Again, those are two songs dedicated to my wife, and I hope she enjoyed them, if she's listening. Uh, also, uh, I mentioned earlier uh, on one of my earlier shows how um, I did some work with uh, Sonny in Washington, D.C., and he was one of the good guys, uh, like John Vincent is, and uh, he was assassinated. Uh, they made it look like an accident. I found out, I got the information. At first, I thought that uh, the Mexican drug cartels that did Sonny in because he was trying to stop the drugs coming across the Mexican border. Uh, but a gentleman that I uh, also did some work with in Washington, D.C., uh, uh, used to be head of the FBI office in, uh, in Los Angeles, Ted Gunderson. Uh, Ted uh, is the one that gave me the info, the straight dope, on how Sonny was assassinated. Uh, I've talked about it on the earlier show, uh, but right now I want to talk about why uh, Ted was assassinated. Uh, he became a whistleblower, and what he was blowing the whistle about was all these little children that disappear, not all of them, but a lot of these uh, 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 little children that disappear wind up as satanic sacrifices and sex parties for these congressmen and senators, and uh, then they kill them. Uh, he, at first, they tried to discredit him, but yet uh, here was a gentleman who had 800 agents under him at one time uh, blowing the whistle. And uh, his doctor one day said, Ted, you have signs of uh, uh, arsenic poisoning. Your fingernails are blue. So he had his house and car checked, and sure enough, they were dusting his uh, air conditioning units in his car and house with uh, arsenic, and it killed him. I dedicated one of my shows to him when I had his daughter and his doctor on the show, and uh, Ted was uh, happy. He put a smile on his face anyway That uh, before he passed away that... Uh, I dedicated the show to him. He was a good man. When the FBI was a, uh, uh, a pretty good organization, um, uh, like the Secret Service was a uh, good organization one time. Now they are all are, all they are, in my opinion, are paid thugs. Um, also, if you'd like to call in the eight eight hundred nine three two one nine eight zero. Again, 800-932-1980, and you're listening to us on AVR, American Voice Radio Network. Uh, John, uh, do, you, do you have any more time, or, or do you have to go? I can go until uh, 10, my time. Oh, okay, great. Uh, I wanted to uh, get into um, a couple of things uh, tonight besides uh, Ted. You remember Ted, right, John? Very, very well. I mean, I was on uh, some of the shows uh, where he was a guest. I recall very, very well some of the things he said. Very fascinating man. And, you know, after uh, I heard him those times, I looked him up and read about him. And, you know, he was you know, a very credible individual, and he was in charge of the FBI office in Los Angeles. I mean, I think what he had to say was worth listening to. Yeah, the, the, these are really sick people. The, you're, it's going to come out. Well, if the media lets it come out, you're going to find a lot of pedophilia going on. But, you know, they're investigating uh, um, Wiener, Wiener, Wiener. Uh, you know, who's married to a Muslim, which, <laughs> I mean, really, uh, you know, I, I don't know why people don't get the connection there. 
but uh, you know, they're she's investigating. Also Hillary's as, chief of staff, too. Interesting connection. Yeah, well, she's a, she's a Muslim spy. I mean, uh, we've known her for a long time. Uh, now they're finally saying, well, yeah, she's uh, she is. Of course she is. Um, but, uh, you know, with this uh, wiener pedophilia, why don't they uh, investigate all Muslims? Muslims are into pedophilia. They follow the, the Quran and, uh, and also uh, uh, Muhammad, who was a pedophile. Uh, why don't they investigate all of them? I mean, it, it's just insanity that people are even considering any of this. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, well, Trump is anti-woman and everything, but Hillary's uh, in the back pocket of the Saudis. Uh, Fox News, uh, you know, is uh, partly owned by a, a Saudi prince. Uh, Saudi prince has said he's going to spend $40 billion to uh, t- turn the United States into a, uh Islamic country. Um, but look at the way they treat women. I mean, it, it's insanity. These Democrats are, are criminally insane. That's the only way I can put it, John. Well, what gets but, me, John, uh, is the way uh, uh, Hillary campaign tries to paint Trump as being a uh, woman hater. Oh, look at Hillary Clinton. I mean, her husband uh, was uh, a serial user and abuser of women, and by credible testimony uh, by a couple of his victims, he was actually a rapist. I mean, a woman yeah. Well, let me give you let me give you a couple here, John. Uh, Paula Jones was uh, the one that opened the floodgates of accusations. She worked for uh, Clinton during. The Senate governor of Arkansas won a massive $850,000 settlement from Clinton. $850,000. Right. The, stipula- yeah. the stipulation, of course, was that Bill did not it, it have to admit to any wrongdoing as long as he inked that check. Uh, another one was Juanita Broderick. She was a nursing home administrator that claimed Bill raped her in her hotel room in 1978. Uh, Kathleen Wiley was a volunteer who alleged Bill attacked her in 1998. Her original accusations came to light during the 60-minute special. Eileen Wellstone uh, has one of the more disturbing claims due to the fact that it goes back to when Clinton was at Oxford University as a student in 1969. I say this because it was not just political power that led to his behavior. If her claim is true, this would establish him as a serial rapist with behavior that started decades before he even came into uh, prominence. You know, John, uh, Carolyn, uh, the, uh, the Clinton people say, well, that's what Bill did, but, uh, you know, we shouldn't uh, cast aspersions on Hillary because of that. No, not at all. I mean, Wanita Broderick said that uh, after this uh, alleged rape took place, that uh, Hillary came to her, grabbed her by the arm very tightly and with a very steely gaze, looked into her eyes and said, uh, we really appreciate everything you do for Bill, and I mean everything. I mean, and Broderick said the clear implication was, Keep your mouth shut if you know what's good for you. And the others, other women say that Hillary was orchestrating the effort to uh, silence them, to defame them. I mean, she she is a rapist enabler. I mean, that's what she is. Yeah. Uh, and then another one, uh, John, was Carolyn Moffat. She met Clinton at a fundraiser in 1979. She claims uh, she was invited by Bill to go back to his hotel room where Bill demanded she perform sexual acts. It is yet another example Bill using his position to lure a woman in and then assault her. Another one was uh, Elizabeth uh, Grayson. She won the Miss America contest in 1982 and alleged Clinton forced her to have sex shortly after gaining the crown. Uh, Becky Brown uh, served as uh, Chelsea's nanny. Two people came forward to reveal that Bill Clinton made sexual advances on her while she was serving in this capacity at the governor's mansion in Arkansas. Her husband and local state trooper backed up her story. 
Helen uh, Dowdy claims to have been groped by Bill during a uh, family wedding while she was on the dance floor. Uh, this seems to be a popular move by Bill, as we've seen in several videos that have come to light. Uh, Christy Zercher was one of those girls. I just uh, She uh, claims uh, Clinton groped her while she was serving as a stewardess on a campaign jet. I mean, it just goes on and on. Uh, it's disgusting. Was, uh, I mean, it really is just disgusting. Yeah. Hillary Clinton really cared about women. She would have left this man a long, long time ago. But the thing is, it was expedient for her to stay with him so she could uh, pursue her aims of gaining power. I mean, yeah. so she has no integrity whatsoever. I mean, well, power is really, the only woman Hillary Clinton cares about is Hillary Clinton. Yeah, she's a lesbian. You know, Yoko Ono admitted that she had a, an affair with uh, Hillary, uh, you know, many, many years ago, uh, John Lennon's uh, uh, widow. Uh, you know, I look at the Yeah, I wrote that myself, yeah. You also have uh, the Clinton Deadpool. Uh, at least 50 people connected with the Clintons uh, died mysteriously one way or another. Uh, James McDougall was one. Uh, he, uh, uh, white, he was the white Whitewater partner. He died of an apparent heart attack while in solitary confinement. He was a key witness in Kistar's uh, investigation. Mary Mahoney, a former White House intern, was murdered at a Starbucks coffee shop in Georgetown. Uh, Vince Foster, former White House counselor and colleague of Hillary Clinton. Ron Brown, Secretary of Commerce and former DNC chairman. Uh, Victor Razor. Uh, Paul Tully, Democratic National Committee pol uh, political director. Uh, Ed Wiley, Clinton fundraiser. Uh, you also have Jerry Parks. Uh, James Bunch, James Wilson, was found dead in, from an apparent hanging suicide. You know, that's when somebody uh, commits suicide with a double tap in the back of the head. Uh, Kathy Ferguson, Bill Shelton, uh, Arkansas State Trooper in finance of Kathy Ferguson, critical of the suicide willing of his fiance. He was found dead in June of a gunshot wound uh, at a suicide at the gravesite of his fiance. Uh, Gandhi Baugh, Florence Martin. Suzanne Coleman, Paula Grover, uh, Danny Casaro, Paul Witcher, John Pernell Walker, Barbara White. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. And people, uh, these in totally criminally insane people that are that are following the Clintons, I, I, it, it, it's just amazing. Uh, also have a list of uh, uh, Secret Service statements that uh, made a different. Uh, uh, all the presidents over the years, starting with Jack, uh, John and Jacqueline Kennedy, and every Democrat was just really a, a slimeball. Uh, all the Republicans were very uh, you know, uh, good to the Secret Service, but I just want to tell you, uh, John John Kennedy, uh, he was a flander of the highest order. Uh, and then uh, Jacqueline Kennedy, she ordered the kitchen, helped to save all the leftover wine from state dinners, mix it with fresh wine, and served them again during the White House. Next White House occasion, uh, Lyndon and uh, Lady Bird Johnson, another philander of the highest order. Uh, in addition, LBJ was accrued as a day as long. Both JFK and LBJ kept a lot of women in the White House for extramarital affairs. Uh, both had early warning systems set up and so on. Uh, then you go to uh, uh, Jimmy and uh, uh, Rosalind Carter, a complete phony who would portray one picture of himself to the public and very different uh, would be shown. Uh, he would be shown carrying his own luggage, but the suitcases were always empty. He kept empty ones just for photo ops. He wanted people to see him as a pious and non-drinker. 
but he and his family drank alcohol a lot. He had disdain for the Secret Service and was very irresponsible with the football with nuclear coats. Uh, Ronald and Nancy Reagan, very good people. Uh, George and uh, uh, Laura Bush were good people. I mean, well, to the Secret Service, but they're scumballs themselves. Uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton presidency was one of one giant party, not trustworthy. He was nice mainly because he wanted uh, everyone to like him, but to him, life was just one big game and party. Everybody knows about his sexuality. She is another phony. Her personality would change. The instant cameras were near. She hated with open disdain the military and secret service. She was another who felt people were there to serve her. She was always trying to keep tabs on Bill Clinton. Al Gore, an egotistical ass who was once overheard by a secret service detail lecturing his son that he needed to do better in school or he would wind up, wind up like those guys, pointing to the agents. Uh, George Barbara Bush, uh, Barack and Michelle Obama, Clinton all over again, hates the military, looks down on the Secret Service. He is egotistical and cunning. He looks you in the eye and appears to agree with you, but turns around and does the opposite. He has temper tantrums. She is a complete bitch who basically hates everybody who is not black, hates the military, and looks at the Secret Service as servants. And then uh, this is a true story. General uh, McChrystal's resignation in Obama's office never, uh, uh, never stand in line. But he says um, he went to the Oval Office. He knew things weren't going to go well when the president accused him of not supporting in his political role as president. It's not my job to support you as a politician, Mr. President. It's my job to support you as commander in chief. McChrystal um I replied, and he handed Obama's resignation. Not satisfied with accepting McChrystal's resignation, the president made a cheap parting shot. I bet when I die, you'll be happy to piss on my grave. The general saluted and said, Mr. President, I always told myself after leaving the Army I would never stand in line again. (laughs) But, uh, you know, this is just some of the... Stuff that uh, the Clintons, I mean, the, the lowest forms of life, 300 million people in this country. I don't particularly like Trump. I mean, uh, I wish we could have come up with somebody better. But again, uh, unless you have a lot of money, uh, you're not going to get up there because otherwise they're appointed. And they're going to do everything they can to keep Hillary in there. Uh, They're not going to let control. They've already started the destruction of this country. Eight years, Obama's been uh, destroying this country. And this younger generation doesn't have a clue of what communism is. Communism is a criminal enterprise posing as a savior for the poor. And that's why they lure lure them in. Hey, we're going to give you a free education. We're going to give you free this, free that. I mean, look what happened with Obamacare. Oh, we thought we were going to get, you know, almost free medical. Look at what it is. People are paying uh, up the yin-yang for uh, uh, medical care. But that's how the communists get, get control of you. And if people vote Hillary in, this will no longer be the United States within a couple of years. It will probably be a Muslim country. And if that's what you want, then go ahead. You know, just follow this. But again, I don't think believe any of these polls. And if Trump gets in on, on, on Election Day, I feel that they're going to try to pull some fast one. Uh, Hillary has bought $137 million worth of military equipment. Even the Russians want to know what she's going to do with that. I have a sneaking hunch that she's going to try to arm the Muslims and, and uh, the black, uh, the radical black, 
smallpox in this country. Now, John, again, why don't you give your uh, website? And, it's uh, www.aicfoundation.com. I really, um, um, really encourage people to uh, get in contact and support you because, like I said, you're one of the true patriots. You've been hanging in there for many years. Uh, Barbara Coe, for many years, sadly, she passed away. I mean, she held the line for a long time. Terry Anderson, who had his radio show in Los Angeles, uh, uh, in a, you know, he lived in a, uh, uh, he was a black man, and he was fighting because uh, he saw how they were, uh, blacks were being displaced by illegal aliens. But these people in power don't care. All they want are the new slaves, the cheap labor, the Catholic Church is uh, one of the worst offenders bringing in all these illegals because they get a billion and a half dollars annually for refugee resettlement. And I want to thank Bobby, uh, my friend Bobby, for uh, supplying a lot of this information that uh, we got about the Secret Service and others. Uh, he's another great patriot. And um, again, remember, uh, keep the boycott up of uh, Target. Also, CNN, uh, Dasani Yogurt, definitely. This slime ball wants to bring in millions of more uh, Muslims. Uh, Starbucks or sodomites, uh, make sure you uh, keep that up. I know uh, if you like yogurt, try Fage. I think that's the way you pronounce it, F-A-G-E. Uh, I used to get Dasani, and then when I found out about this slime ball, I ended. So Fage seems like a pretty good uh, uh, deal. Uh, John, I hope you stick around for the end song. It's a song, uh, it, it has nothing, this is not dedicated to my wife. This is a song I uh, picked up a couple of weeks ago, and really, uh, uh, I think it's very uh, interesting. It says a lot. And again, don't forget, go to National Writer Syndicate. If you want to see a preview of the next week's show, uh, go to www.nationalwritersyndicate.com. And don't forget, this is AVR, American Voice Radio Network. Uh, support uh, AVR because uh, you're going to hear the truth here. You're not going to hear the crap that you're going to hear with uh, everybody else. And don't think that Fox is going to uh, give it to you either because all they are controlled opposition. Uh, but I'm going to uh, start this uh, song up. And I hope you check out my books, Pozan and Dead Angel. That's P-O-Z-A-N and Dead Angel. Uh, Dead Angel is about growing up with Jerry Garcia from five years old. And Pozan about my alien encounter that went on for five years. And uh, check those out. And uh, next week, see you then. And, John, uh, good luck and God bless you. Thank you.
You just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have selfdefensefund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit selfdefensefund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Here's an important message from Vita Scientific. If you have high blood sugar or type 2 diabetes, these are serious medical issues that require immediate attention. Did you know that it's possible to actually reverse high blood sugar and diabetes by using simple, natural products proven to balance your blood sugar? It's time to do what I did. Take control of your life. Vita Scientific's clinically tested formula will help you to feel healthy and energetic. These breakthrough supplements, along with small changes in your diet and exercise plan, may be the answer you've been looking for to set you on the path to optimal health. These products will not interfere with your current medical treatments, so start getting excited about feeling great again. Please visit VitaScientific.com or call Vita Scientific at 210-520-8432. That's 210-520-8432 to learn more. Tell them Doc Green sent you and get 50% off your first order. Call now. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family.
gentlemen, this is the evening edition of Financial Survival for Wednesday, the 29th day of October, year of our Lord, 2014. I'm Alfred Adisk, and uh, we'll have James Corbett will be our guest for the second and third segments of the, of the program. First segment, we will do the market report and some other commentary that I hope you'll find interesting. Start with the markets, bad day for gold, at least if you are... Uh, if you are just if you're just saving gold, it wasn't a very happy day. Price of gold fell sixteen dollars and twenty cents per ounce to one thousand two hundred and twelve dollars and sixty cents. Silver fell eleven cents to seventeen dollars and nineteen cents an ounce. Platinum is down eight dollars to one thousand two hundred sixty-seven bucks per ounce. Palladium went up two bucks, seventeen ninety-seven. Over in the equities market, Dow Jones was down 31 points for the day. Uh, it had been down three digits earlier in the day, came back up later. Uh, Dow Jones closed at 16,974. NASDAQ down 15 points to 4,549. New York Stock Exchange down 31 points to 10,647. Uh, U.S. dollar index was the culprit today, and it increased dramatically during the day. And I'm looking at the, at it went up something like 60.6.6 during the day, which is a big jump. All right, not unprecedented, but it's a big jump in a single day. And it closed at 86.11 U.S. dollar index. Crude oil, of course, took another 34-cent hit. Not a big deal, but they are down there at $81.86 per barrel. And you have to wonder, there are people who believe that the price of crude oil is going to drop. I mean, some people think it's going to fall to $70. Some people think it's going to fall even lower. It's certainly... You know, it's got to be a cause for concern for anyone who is investing. If you're selling crude oil, this can't be good news. If you're buying crude oil, it is. In theory, it's going to, it's not only easier to buy it. Of course, then you can provide gasoline, for example, at lower prices. In theory, the fall in the price of crude oil may be good for the American economy. If you are sitting there in the White House and you have an axe to grind with Russia, a fall in the price of crude oil would be bad for Russia because so much of their their foreign exchange and national income depends on the sale of petroleum products that if the price goes down, that hurts Russia. This is a real sanction on Russia, whether it's intended as such or not, that's what's happening. And at the same time, it could help to stimulate the United States economy, maybe. We'll watch and see, but the economy... We've had, we've been in circumstances where the economy, they've tried to stimulate this economy since 2008. We are now six years into stimulation. And a lot of people don't think we've been, we are any more stimulated today than we were six years ago. Um, and there's good reason to believe that opinion is justified, right? We haven't really gotten out of the Great Recession. The government says there's a recovery. 
they told us for several years it was just around the corner. They finally got tired of telling us it was around the corner and it was here now. But the truth of the matter is this economy has not truly recovered. It has not crashed. You can say that. But you can't say that it has not truly recovered. I was reading an interview with Andy Hoffman from uh, Miles Franklin. Some of you may recognize his name. He's a he's a commentator on particularly on the gold industry and gold business. And he's been at it for a while and he makes some of the most intelligent documents. He writes some of the most intelligent documents and opinions on gold uh, every day. Very prolific, very prolific writer. I read one of his interviews earlier today where it's his contention that the global economy has already collapsed. It's his contention that the United States economy has already collapsed. Now, that's very difficult for you. You know, you look at it and think, well, that's crazy. You can look out the window. The economy hasn't collapsed. No. We've had, it's been stagnant. Hasn't improved a whole lot, but it hasn't collapsed. But the thing about it is that I saw an article several years ago on the Great Depression. And they pointed out that in retrospect, we look back and we say, oh, the Great Depression started in 1929 with the crash of the stock market. On October 29th, I believe it was, 1929. It was the same day of the month as this one. And we had the stock market crash, and that was the beginning of the Great Depression. And we are led to believe that at that instant, as if someone had switched a light, turned off a light switch, the economy went dark. We're going from the boom of the roaring 20s, and all of a sudden, bang, we crashed in 1929. But I read an article on it, and it actually it said, in fact, the majority of Americans didn't even believe we were in a Great Depression, or any depression, until 1933. In retrospect, we look back and say, oh, the depression started in 1929, with the stock market crash. At the time, it was debated, are we in a depression, are we not in a depression? And there was not a general consensus, yeah, we're in a depression. That general consensus did not emerge until 1933. And the point, of course, is that we could be in a depression right now. It would be invisible to us. It would be the sort of thing that we don't clearly perceive. But it may be that when the history books are written and they look back and they say, ha ha, the Great Depression of 2008 started with the problem with Lehman Brothers or whatever. Right? We don't even see that today. We don't see it yet as a Great Depression or any kind of a depression. And yet it's possible that that may be where we are. You know, we have extraordinary unemployment rates. The government will tell you it's less than 6% now. Hooray, happy days are here again. But other people who study it, John Williams at ShadowStats.com, will tell you, look, the real unemployment rate is up over 20% if you calculate it the same way we did 15, 20 years ago. The only reason the government comes up with a number that says it's less than 6% is because they are essentially cooking the books. They have changed the formula for, dis for discovering and defining unemployment. 
And as a result, they say, golly, we're going to, we only have, we have less than 6%. Things are just going great. But in fact, if we use the same formula as John Williams uses, which is the same as they had 15, 20 years ago, it turns out our unemployment rate is over 20%. If that's true, we really are in a great, we are in another depression right now. And we can only wonder how much further we're going to slide in that depression before how de- how much deeper will it get before, one, we actually realize, oh, my gosh, we're in a depression. And two, we begin working in a way that can actually get us out of this hole. I saw a report that uh, in the last, since 2007 or thereabouts, in the past seven years, that the average homeowners, the average, the average American's net worth has declined by 36%. You know, these are the kinds of things that don't happen overnight. It doesn't happen as if we're throwing a light switch. We read the story of the Great Depression, and oh my gosh, it started in 1929, and people jumped out of windows and and instantly we were in the midst of the Great Depression. It took us four years to get to a point where we even understood that's what was going on. Well, the same thing may be true here. And I think the lesson in all of this is you have to learn to just perceive. You can't just sit back and take other people's opinion, including my own, and certainly including government, say, happy days are here again. Well, maybe they are and maybe they're not. The obligation is on you to sit back and perceive what's really going on here. Where is this economy? And when you make that perception, then the next obligation on you is to decide how you're going to handle these circumstances. Do you believe happy days are here again? Do you believe we are in the midst of a recovery? Well, then you will invest accordingly. On the other hand, if you think we're in a depression that's largely unrecognized as yet, you're going to try to figure out, well, what's the best way to invest my wealth to protect it in what may be another Great Depression? No one can answer the questions at this time. I certainly can't. I don't know anyone else who can absolutely answer the questions. Are is we is or is we ain't in a Great Depression, in another depression? Maybe not a Great Depression, but another depression. Maybe it's going to be a moderate depression, more than a recession, but uh, not really a great depression, just a so-so depression. As depressions go, maybe just a so-so depression. Are we there or not? Don't know. But we live in a world where it's not only true that perception is difficult and challenging, It's hard enough to figure this out for yourself, but on top of which, we know that we have a government that lies to us on a regular basis. The unemployment rate, the inflation rate, the uh, consumer price index, the GDP, the size of the national debt. If we accept the numbers and, and the reports we get from government and we govern ourselves accordingly... Does that mean that we are, if we all do that, will we save ourselves? If we all just believe what the government tells us, 
and behave as if we are in the recovery is here, it's running full strength, and we're all going to be doing fine. All right, maybe it is. I don't know. But if we believe the government's numbers and we accept the idea that we're in a recovery and we invest accordingly, will we create the recovery simply by believing it even when there's no basis for doing so? Is that what we'll do? Will our unwarranted confidence in the economy cause the economy to recover? Or is the economy based on something more profound and more objective than personal opinions? If the economy is in the depression, does it really make a difference whether we sing happy days are here again or we do not? Does that make a difference that's a significance? Is it going to change the depression in any meaningful way? And what if we accept the argument that we are in the midst of a recovery and we invested accordingly when in fact we're in a depression just in much the same as we were after 1929 that is largely unperceived by the American public? All these are peculiar questions, and they're not the sort of thing that anyone can easily answer. But it does point out the idea that each of us has to take personal responsibility for our investment decisions. What are you going to do? All right? Are we or are we not in a depression? How are you going to protect yourself if we are? How are you going to protect yourself if we're not? If we're not in a depression now, does that mean we're not going into one in the next several years? If we are in a depression now and we all sing happy days are here again, do we get out? Does the depression end? Very strange questions. And again, no one, certainly not me, has answers to these questions. But I think one of the important points is that you've got to accept that idea of personal responsibility. And that means you can't just run with the herd. You can't believe what other people tell you. You can't believe what the government tells you. You have to use your own powers of perception, and you have to take responsibility for seeing what is the true nature of the world we are in today. And then... You've got to take personal responsibility for how you act. What will your conduct be based on whatever perception you make at this time? This is an interesting dynamic to me because we are being forced to abandon our former reliance on government. I'm all in favor of personal responsibility. I think it's a great thing. I think it's a dangerous thing for government to be our the source of our our income, our survival, whatever. I think we rely on it. We do, insofar as we rely on government, we do so to our detriment, although that may not be apparent. A lot of people have relied on government for most of my lifetime. They've gotten away with it, worked out fine for them. But I think we're coming to a moment when that reliance is no, will no longer be possible. Those who rely have relied on government. They're going to be sadly They're going to be much displeased, angry, hurt, bewildered, shocked, 
to see their survival, certainly their standard of living, maybe even their survival jeopardized when the God that uh, they deem government to be fails. But I think it will. I think I think that's going to happen. If it's not happening already, it's going to happen in the foreseeable future. And one of the consequences will be that we're going to have to learn to shift for ourselves. We are going to have to regain a kind of independence where we begin to perceive and assess situations as they confront us and we don't rely on other people to tell us what's going on. It's going to be a scary time. But I think it'll be a good thing for the American people, although it'll take a while. I think it'll be a good thing for the American people to once again regain confidence in their own powers of perception rather than have confidence in a government which we know is lying, lying, and then lying to us. So it's one of those things. Uh, We've got a silver lining to the cloud. We've got a cloud coming at us, which could be a depression. But out of that depression, it may be that it restores our capacity for self-reliance and personal perception. And in the end, if that happens... It'll be a good thing for us. The problem is we're going to acquire that blessing of personal responsibility and individual perception. It'll only be required or acquired based on a considerable amount of uh, national pain. I'm Alfred Addis. We're going to take a break for some commercial announcements. When we come back, James Corbett should be here from the Corbett Report. Please stay tuned. will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663, or thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold 
gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Are you concerned about prescription drug dependency to stay healthy? Are you worried that the cost and availability of your medications may put your health at risk? Perhaps it's time you consider a natural, safe, and effective way to deal with your health problems. If only you knew where to start. Start right here. Tune in to Herb Talk Live with herbalist Wendy Wilson every Tuesday and Thursday evening, 7 p.m. on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, where your health care options just became endless. I'm Alfred Adams. This is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver, 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. Our guest tonight is uh, James Corbett from the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T-R-E-P-O-R-T.com. James has been living and working in Japan for the past 10 years, started the Corbett Report 2007 as an outlet for independent critical analysis politics, society, history, and economics. He's also editorial writer for the International Forecaster, weekly e-newsletter created by the recently deceased economic analysis analyst Bob Chapman. Hello, James. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are things on your side of the uh, the pond? Uh, you know, sometimes I'm the last one to know. They, uh, <laughs> you know like you can't help but wonder. And, and In fact, I was talking about it in the first part of the program. Insofar as we can't trust government to tell us the truth of what's happening, we're increasingly put in a point where we really do have to engage in independent analysis to perceive where we are. I've told people about a a report I saw, an article I saw several years ago, where we look back at the Great Depression and people say, well, it began in 1929 with a stock market crash. But I saw a report that where they said, in fact, there was no general consensus that we even were in a depression until about 1933. We were four years into the depression before everybody agreed, yeah, we're in a depression. And yeah, so that's exactly we right. Yeah. So where are we today? And if you can't trust the government, who can you trust? How can you know where we are? And again, this is a requirement for that independent perception. It sounds a little bit like uh, like you're... Corbett report. Well, I certainly hope so, because I think you hit the nail on the head. We can't trust the pronouncements of a government that, I mean, at the very least, is motivated by its own self-interest to lie to the public in ways that are convenient. And we see that, for example, this week with the Federal Reserve now coming out and saying, look, employment is is going tickety-boo, everyone's getting jobs, so we're going to continue our cutback of uh, QE3 and end it all, and we're going to start raising interest rates next year. 
Well, I think there's a lot of things that are wrong with that assessment, namely, of course, the idea that employment is uh, is fine and everyone's happy, as we've talked about on this program before. And as I'm sure you uh, and Melody have covered many times, this is, I mean, just a complete misreading of the employment situation in the U.S. right now, which is clearly, uh, I'm, I mean, I, I'm sure most of your listeners know from their own personal experience, but I mean, we can also look at the statistics to, to see how clearly manipulated the employment stats are yeah. to the point where it's not only the plunging labor participation rate, which gives us a real insight into who is actually employed uh, rather than using these made up phony government ideas of what employed means, but also the fact that even the people who are employed tend to be vastly underemployed, either in part-time work, contract work, uh, temporary work, work that is not the full-time gainful employment that people want, let alone the type of employment that people had 30, 40, 50 years ago where you could uh, join join a company and work your entire life and get a pension. Those days are gone, and that security is gone, and it is changing the fabric of society. I mean, there is a reason why so many young people these days tend not to get married. And if they do, they get married much later and tend not to start families. And if they do, they start families much later. It's not necessarily because of a moral change so much as an economic one. And I've experienced that in my own life. I'm now 35 and only newly a father myself, which, I mean, just a generation ago would have seemed like an unusual situation for a lot of people. But again, in other words, a generation ago, that would be late. Exactly. Exactly. My parents, of course, uh, were in their early 20s when they got married and started having babies. And uh, that would have been much more common back then. But now that would seem very early uh, to today's generation. I understand. You know, you mentioned government changing the definitions of unemployment and the formulas they use to calculate, calculate unemployment rates in order to generate false confidence in the American people. I was listening to Marshall McLuhan, uh, an interview by Marshall McLuhan uh, from back in the 1960s. He was talking to Norman Mailer, and he made the point, do you know what the original definition of reading was? I can't say that I do, no. He said it was to guess. And when I first heard that, I thought, what are you talking to guess? What's that got to do with reading? He said, He went on to explain, it's because every word has, or virtually every word, has multiple definitions and possible meanings. You get a decent dictionary, you're hard-pressed to find a word in the dictionary that has a single meaning. Almost all of them have multiple meanings, and what he said is when you read, you're actually guessing what the definition of the first word is, and then the second word, and the third word, and you're guessing all the way through this, and he said originally. I checked back into Webster's 1828, and sure enough, it was, they said to guess, was one of the original definitions of the word read. It was was derived in part, but they had others. It wasn't the only one. It was one. Well, this, to me, goes to the idea of definitions. You know, the government changes the definitions, and by simply changing the definitions, they can change the meaning of law, for example. They can change what's happening in economics just by tinkering with the definitions or even choosing if there's three possible definitions. And the people think the definition of a particular term is number one, and the government says secretly, they're saying, no, we'll use number two or maybe number three. It becomes strange. 
it becomes mystical practically. How do you communicate if you can't rely on the definitions? Um, it's, it's pretty astonishing, and I don't know if that rings your bell, but it rings mine. It's just, we live in a world, how do you perceive this world if you can't depend on the definitions? That's such an important point and one that we generally don't think about. And not to get all philosophical on you, but Ludwig Wittgenstein came up with the formulation, the limits of our language are the limits of our reality. And I think there's a real underlying truth to that, because, again, we are so much wrapped up in language that it can be used to manipulate us if we're not careful. Absolutely. And uh, and we see that all the time in our, our daily lives. Of course, the unemployment just one uh, unemployment figures is just one example of that. We we hear the term unemployment and we think we know what that means. So when we hear X percent uh, are unemployed, we think we have an understanding. Yeah. But do we really? There's uh, six different definitions that the government uses. Uh, there's U1. The percentage yep. of the labor force unemployed 15 weeks or longer. U2, percentage of labor force who lost jobs or completed temporary work. U3, the official unemployment rate per the ILO definition, occurs when people are without jobs and they have actively looked for work within the past four weeks. But then U4 is U3 plus discouraged workers. U5 is U4 plus marginally attached workers. U6 is U5 plus part-time workers who want to work full-time. So again, uh, choose choose a definition that suits your purposes. Uh, I mean, lies, damned lies, and statistics. Lies, damned lies, and government definitions of unemployment are pretty much the same thing. I understand. And it's another illustration of this business about reading is guessing. Um, they're mul- they have multiple definitions. Which one are they talking about? And depending on which one... What are we talking about? What are we being told? It becomes confusing. You talked about being manipulated by means of a sophisticated use of the language. There's not much doubt that government's ability to manipulate people has grown dramatically. Advertisers' ability to manipulate people has grown dramatically. But at the same time, people's awareness of the fact that they're being manipulated has also grown So where are we right now? Are we in a world where government, it's easier for government to manipulate us? Or are we in a world where we have become perhaps wise or maybe just cynical and we're not easily manipulated anymore? How's this battle going between the manipulators and the manipulated? Who's winning? It's a good question, and I would like to think that we are at least capable of winning, but I would say we're at a considerable disadvantage at this point, because although we are becoming more cynical in some senses, unfortunately, we are being played with at our most basic primal psychological levels in ways that the public still only has a a very fleeting grasp of. And I think, again, that plays to our disadvantage so that, for example, I think everyone understands when a beer commercial shows you scantily clad women, they're really just playing on your basic instincts to try to associate (laughs) that with, you know, drinking beer and you'll somehow become sort of swarthy Lothario simply by drinking uh, one or another brand of beer. And I think we all understand that as a basic manipulation. And yet it still happens, and it's still fairly effective. Um, In fact, if we saw different types of beer commercials, we might actually wonder what's going on, because that would be so so far outside the norm. But I mean, this, this is the fundamental idea of advertising and what's been refined now for at least a century, which is the idea, of course, they don't play on the actual facts the ingredients, the statistics surrounding any product. What they're playing on is fundamental associations, psychological Mm -hmm. base drives, instincts, things of that nature that are very hard for us not 
to have our buttons pushed when they are pushed in the right way. And I mean, the, 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 the greatest example of this, of course, was Edward Bernays working in the early part of the last century, the, the American nephew of Sigmund Freud, who was employed by a number of large uh, American corporations to try to apply psychological tactics on their, their markets. And uh, one of the, the famous examples and one that I always go back to because it was just so, in a way, brilliant, um, hor- horrific, but brilliant. Uh, the American Tobacco Company contracted Edward Bernays to try to find out how to break uh, into the other half of the market that was untappable by uh, tobacco companies at that time, which was women. There was a huge taboo against women smoking at that time, and uh, it was just basically not done in polite society to, for women to smoke. How do you break a taboo like that that's not just uh, an aversion to a product? It's actually social. It's a social phenomenon. And uh, Bernays disc- uh, did, did some research and discovered the psychological associations between cigarettes and male power. And then there was the suffragette movement. And he thought, well, here's a way we can tie it in. And suddenly... Uh, cigarettes aren't cigarettes they're torches of liberty and so he stages an event at the easter day parade in new york city to get uh, some photogenic uh, young women to to light up their torches of liberty in the parade route as a protest in in uh, in pursuit of women's su- uh, suffragism and suddenly we have these suffragettes who are now smoking and then that it starts to become a trend and all of a sudden it becomes a symbol and power of female equality and political equality and suddenly it's not it's not cigarettes they're not smoking they're mm-hmm. they're protesting it's a political thing and um by doing that he breaks the taboo within weeks of that campaign which no one knew at the time was a campaign and that was all staged in photo ops at the easter day parade but within weeks uh in new york city for example they they uh, desegregated the smoking area of of cinemas and theaters and things of that sort so suddenly there was spaces for women to smoke and women were smoking all across the country and one of the most disturbing parts of that story the easter day parade event was staged so these women stop in the parade route and light up their cigarettes as some sort of political um, uh, movement but within within days similar protests were taking place around the country that were not staged there was edward bernays had no part in them they were happening spontaneously so he tapped into something so psychologically underlying that it actually started a, a real social phenomenon and that's that's the type of level at which advertisers have been playing on us for at least a century now. And imagine how much more refined that is in this day and age than it was back then. So I'm afraid that if it, this is an arms race, generally the advertisers are, are, are decades ahead of us. And, uh, and the best that we can do is be aware that we are being constantly manipulated in such ways and to try to maintain our intellectual independence when it comes to these types of issues. You know, if the advertisers are way ahead of us on this and they're able to manipulate us with greater sophistication than most of us can understand, it also follows that the advertisers are doing so because they're selling products. So what happens if we slide into a to another Great Depression and we are unable to buy products? What happens to our susceptibility to advertising then? 
Well, I, I, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to approach that. One way, of course, is just to say, well, yes, there will obviously be a greatly reduced economic activity, which means that the competition for customers among corporations will be even greater, which will probably mean they'll bring out or try to develop even bigger guns when it comes to trying to convince people to buy their products. But then I think the other, the entire other side of this is that advertising and, and playing on people's psychology is, of course, not just done by corporations and not just done to sell products. It's of course, employed by governments and more commonly known yeah. as propaganda. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the, the way that we have to, to look at, at so much of what's happening. And obviously, in the event of economic crises, I think one of the, the major assaults on our psyche will be from the government trying to convince us that it's here to help and it's the one that's going to, to smooth out the situation. And uh, it's interesting just how much control they have over the optics of so many situations, including things like unemployment and, and scarcity and, and uh, people struggling. Uh, you know, decades ago, we would have seen the soup lines or whatever forming, given the amount of uh, suffering there is in the economy. But now it's all automated through food, food stamp systems. So even though there's more people on food stamps than have ever been in the entire history of the, the country, well, it's all right because, you know, I, we, don't, we don't see it. It's not something that you see, the, the big lines that you saw back in the Depression era. So out of sight, out of mind. And it's little, little uh, psychological manipulations like that can, again, com- completely sway our perception of, of even the fact that we are or are not in a depression. You know, people talk about perception being reality. Some people say perception is reality. Well, there's a point to that argument. But aren't there limits to that argument, too? Isn't there going to be a point where all of a sudden we're going to have to actually deal with reality and not merely perception? And we're going to face up to the fact that, holy cow, it's not just where the soup lines, maybe we see them, maybe we don't, but maybe the the cards don't work anymore that provide us with access to cheap food provided by the government uh, at what point does perception and reality when does that finally break down when we're forced to see reality i think what we'll do is maybe we'll answer that question when we come back uh we'll take a break for some commercial announcements i'm alfred Addis here with james corbett from the corbett report and we will be back on financial survival in just a moment please stay tuned part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in untested vaccine, hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate for those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand. Have a plan. Have peace and request your pandemic kit today. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 or online, thepowerherbs.com. That's 866-229-3663 or thepowerherbs.com.
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Alfred Addisk. I'm here on Financial Survival. Our guest is James Corbett from the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T-R-E-P-O-R-T.com, CorbettReport.com. We're talking about the difference between perception is reality. Some people argue that. goes to perhaps the idea of political correctness, but perception is reality. And we have another way of looking at it, perception versus reality. Meaning perception, reality is reality, and perception is not reality. And we are talking about this a little bit before we broke, and do you have any comment on the conflict between perception is reality as compared to perception versus reality? There is clearly a line at which our perceptions butt up against reality, and that can be economic reality, military reality, or otherwise But it is really remarkable and perhaps something that would surprise a lot of people who've never put any thought into it, how far we can go in making uh, reality with our perceptions, i.e. how far we can uh, actually uh, bring things uh, about in a type of self-fulfilling prophecy. And uh, uh, if people want to think about how that can work in a society, I mean, I think we are basically test lab rats in, in a great experiment as to how far this can go as as we say, as we talk about things like the unemployment rate and basically government trying to convince us that everything's fine. So people really aren't that concerned, generally speaking. Consumer sentiment is up. They're expecting a record-breaking retail season for Christmas uh, shopping season and all of this. People are acting as if everything's fine. In fact, people are taking on more debt again, uh, exactly like we saw in the run-up to the uh, to the last bubble pop back in 2008. So uh, worrying for people who are worried about reality. But at the same time, if you want to think about how perceptions can shape reality and can keep people in situations that they otherwise would try to protest against. Just think about some of the great works of literature that have tried to warn us about these types of societies. And the two that most people go back to um, these days, uh, 1984, Brave New World, Mm -hmm. both examples of totalitarian societies in, in various ways. Although Brave New World, I guess you could argue, wasn't exactly a totalitarian society, such as a completely psychologically controlled society and uh and that's that's maybe part of the far more dangerous in in many ways yes uh the far more dangerous than 1984 
in the end, we can deal with people coming at us with rifles and, and trying to bump, smash our heads in with clubs and the rest of that. And that's since, from my perspective, 1984, they were imposing big government by force. But Brave New World... But there was they were imposing the government by a kind of consent and manipulation, and they, they were here to help us, and everybody fell for it. And, That's right. It was much more refined in Brave New World, but there was an element of the psychological control in 1984 as well. Remember the uh, Emmanuel Goldstein character, who may or may not have been real, probably wasn't, who was just someone that they could project their two minutes hate onto so that everyone would gather and have two minutes of hate and throw things at the screen and rage just seeing, you know, people uh, seeing this, this figure paraded across a screen. And that was a way of as a sort of outlet for society to, to take out their aggression and rage on, on some, you know, boogeyman figure. And of course, Big Brother, again, just a kind of character that was used to, uh, to uh, that people were trained to love. And in the end, what happens? Uh, Winston ultimately succumbs to the programming and he learns to love Big Brother. So yeah. it is a psychological control that's going on in 1984 as well, but obviously much more scientific and much more refined in Brave New World. And thus, I think you're right, much scarier. And yeah. I think we are living through that type of experiment. And we don't really even have to go out on a hypothetical limb for that. If you uh, watch some of uh, or listen to some of uh, Aldous Huxley's lectures or interviews in the final years of his life, he spoke quite openly about many of the incredible experiments that he had had seen going on at that time, given his access to the scientific world through his brother and his family, of course, a famous uh, British uh, scientific family, stretching back to T.H. Huxley, Darwin's bulldog. And uh, they were right there in the thick of this this type of, uh, of of experimentation and he talked about people being wired up um, with electrodes to their brain to make them feel different types of emotions and again this was in the uh, the early 1960s late 1950s so again that's 50 60 70 year old technology at this point again imagine how much more refined that can be and when you start thinking about that i mean brave new world 1984 i mean it's not so far off. And in fact, we may be living through aspects of it already. Yeah. And it's it's really worrying uh, because, again, as you say, I mean, it's a psychological control that can't be directly opposed as someone with a, a gun coming at you can. At, at the very least, I mean, you might live, you might die, but at least you can fight in that situation. But what do you do when they're controlling your mind and your perceptions? That's the dangerous thing about it. And that's what's frustrating about the world where we live right now. Markets are manipulated. Uh, almost <laughs> hard to find markets that aren't being manipulated. And we live in a, in a society where we're being manipulated. And you wonder, what would it be like to live in reality? I mean, is this a pleasant dream that I'm caught in right now? Or would I prefer to live in a reality that offered a little more pain, but also a little more legitimate joy or legitimate struggle or something? There's something dishonest about each of our lives if we're going to be manipulated, and I find that disturbing. I don't know that other people do, but I think you understand what I'm, what I'm talking about. I do. And, and again, this is not a new idea. It stretches back thousands of years. And we can think of Plato's cave analogy as one of the early iterations of this. Basically, would you prefer to be one of those people living chained up in the cave watching the shadows on the wall uh, who's happy enough with your life? 
or would you prefer to be the person who goes up and discovers there's an actual world outside of the cave and yeah. goes in and tries to tell people about it and they end up uh, attacking him because they don't mm-hmm. want to hear about that i mean which which is the happier person I, I mean i think we most of us understand that the happier life would be to actually know about the real world regardless of whether it's a happy place or or, or not um it's better to know and confront and realize reality but at the same time it's again the illusion can be very tempting and it can be very easy to just coast through your life living through that illusion and unfortunately that seems to be where a lot of our society has decided it wants to spend its time as the i don't know kardashians is that still a reference i'm not sure whatever it is is, is the i'm not sure either are you talking about the three daughters uh, or are you talking about are you talking about an economist or a, no 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 i'm talking about the pop Right, yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it yeah. all comes and goes. Let me move on a little bit here. Uh, Alan Greenspan was at the New Orleans Investment Conference last Saturday and quoted, according to this article, and I believe this is last Saturday, uh, Greenspan was quoted, he says, the gold standard is not possible in a welfare state. you comment on that? Well, it's got to be a surprising. It's got to be a surprising admission, or at least claim. Can't have a welfare state with a gold standard. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's it's an accurate assessment because again, the welfare state is predicated on the ability of government to print as much money as it wants, and if it is limited in its supply, then it's extremely difficult to do that. Which is why I think it's no surprise that we saw in the 1930s with the development of uh, FDRs, wasn't a great society. What what was his little propaganda phrase? I, uh, I, I don't yeah. recall. Yeah, whatever way they tried to sell the uh, the social New Deal. security. Yeah, the New Deal, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The New Deal programs mm-hmm. uh, came about at the same time as uh, as Roosevelt implemented the, the, the confiscation of gold, because, again, it was part of that process by which the uh, the, the U.S. economy was delinked from its, its gold reserve, its gold standard. Uh, it didn't ultimately, finally, and, and completely and formally take place until 1971, but uh, the U.S. was obviously on that road for a very long time. And I think those two two things are linked. So we see the the growth of government as we see the the ability of its uh, of it to create new money uh, expand. And uh, uh, again, that's a pretty basic economic sense. And it's not really surprising that Greenspan would know this. It might be surprising that he would say it, but Greenspan, let's remember, he started out as an Ayn Rand acolyte and uh, someone who wrote uh, about the gold standard and how that was the, the the way that money should be run in a society. He wrote essays about that back in the 19, I want to say the early 1960s. And uh, and then lo and behold, he ends up becoming the chairman of the Fed and overseeing the uh, the, the one of the greatest uh, growth bubbles in, in history by basically printing money like there's no tomorrow and leading directly to the bubble popping of 2008. So uh, So he speaks from knowledge and experience, but it's just perhaps only surprising that he actually said something like that. Yeah, it's surprising that he has said something like that. And it's, you wonder, is Greenspan simply become old enough where he just says, to heck with it, I'm going to say, I'm going to tell the truth? Or does this signal something else? Does it signal that we're on a point, at a point where we are about to confront the truth, whether we like it or not? And some people like Greenspan are just saying, look, we can't, we can't sustain the illusion any longer. We may as well tell the truth because we can't deny it much longer. You see what I'm saying? 
I do. And I think it could be either of those options. It could even be a third option. It could be uh, that there is a plan for the manipulation of of the, the the growth in gold that is going to take place some way that the bankers can get ahead of that and uh, and that often happens throughout history so it shouldn't be surprising if the uh, if the economic reality is is determined really that for example the price of gold will rise then the bankers will want to position themselves in a way to get ahead of that and there may be n- number of reasons why they would uh, spill some of the beans into some of the people in with a wink and a nod. Uh, I'm just reading from one of the, the articles covering Greenspan's comments, and not only did he talk about the, the gold and the welfare state, but the question was actually posed to him, where will the price of gold be in five yep. years? And he said higher. They, they ask how much, and he says measurably. So again, I mean, I, I think you're right. It is going up, and I think everyone uh, who, who understands that um, knows knows what's going to happen to the price of gold. But again, it's a question of who gets positioned in that. And the banks have, uh, and the bankers have generally had the gold markets, if not cornered, at least greatly controlled. Most of the gold in the world is held by governments and big banks. So they're perhaps the ones who are best situated to to actually profit from this when it happens, because so much of our economy has been delinked from precious metals that very few people have it in even even small amounts in, in their retirement nest egg. You talk about the government to some degree being delinked from gold. There are reports, speculative, from some people who believe that the government may have sold or leased all of the gold that was formerly in the United States Treasury. Maybe it's all gone. Do you think that's possible? Do you think it's a true story? Uh, And if it is, does it preclude the idea that we'll ever have another gold-based currency in this country? How can we have a gold-based dollar, for example? Could we go back to a gold-based dollar if we don't have any gold in our Treasury? Well, that, those are all good points. First of all, is it possible? It, it certainly is. And I would say it's even probable that there is no gold at Fort Knox. Mm-hmm. If there was, why wouldn't they audit it? They haven't audited in decades. I mean, I think there's a reason. Uh, the last public vis- audit was 1953. So yep. uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. And I, I think we have to assume at this point that the Treasury does not hold the gold that it claims to hold. But it raises an interesting question, which is, I mean, if we even if we did go to a gold standard, which I don't actually advocate for a number of reasons, I think it really puts shackles on the economy that don't need to be there. But even if we did go to a gold uh, standard, the question is, what is what is gold in this day and age? Because we treat the, the paper gold that circulates out there and the promises of gold and these these certificates that say that gold exists somewhere as gold itself. And those get traded around and they get they get leased out and uh, and and derivatives get created from them and all of this this other fate, uh, paper phony funny money games get played with it that unless it goes to the actual i mean real physical held gold that is publicly audited on a regular basis how can you trust again the the, the government to simply provide the information realistically and in a transparent way about how much gold they even have, let alone where it is and and how it's being taken care of. So, I mean, there's so many different manipulations that could take place, even if there was a gold standard implemented, that I think we have to be wary of of those types of solutions posed for the crises that, again, have been created by the banks themselves. Which brings us back. We are pretty close to full circle from where we started this program, this interview. We started talking about the difference between appearance and reality. 
And when we start talking about whether we have paper gold or physical gold and all the rest of the manipulations, that goes right back to that, that fundamental subject. Um, gold, in the end, is real. All the pieces of paper, to me, are just illusory. Um, gold is real if you can find it, if you can count it, if you can stack it. Okay, that's real. Uh, the rest of it's an illusion. Can we live in that illusory world uh, for much longer? How much longer can we survive? And we've got about a minute before we before we run out of time, James. Well, obviously, I can't give a date and time, but I can say that money essentially is trust. And they have been playing on that trust, the belief, the faith in the government's uh, idea that this is redeemable in some way, if not now for gold, at least in some way that the, the Treasury is backing up these notes that are being put out there into the economy. As long as that trust remains, as long as people believe that the government is good for its promises, then people will generally support the monetary system. And, yeah. uh, and when that trust collapses is the point at which the monetary system collapses. And as always... As always, it's just a question of what they bring in to replace that system. So are you going to trust the same people who created the problem to fix it? I personally am not, which is why I'm already preparing for the inevitable collapse. Uh, I agree. I think probably I am and most of the people listening to this program are doing the same. I want to thank you again for being on the program, James. I always enjoy talking to you on the program. Always insightful and intelligent answers and uh, i'm sure the listeners appreciate them as i do thank you i'm we're out of time folks i want to thank all of you for listening i will be back with melody tomorrow in the meantime the good lord bless you me melody frank the producer and james corbett good night
you just defended yourself with a gun. The police are called and you're potentially involved in a homicide, but it was self-defense. At this point, you are not in your right mind. No one ever is when they are in fear for their life and defend themselves. Anything you say can and will be used in a court of law, both civilly and criminally. Fortunately, you have SelfDefenseFund.com. We are the National Association for Legal Gun Defense, and we protect our members nationally in all 50 states, up to $1 million per incident per member. Let us do the talking for you and visit SelfDefenseFund.com. Any weapon, any state, any time. about where your next meal will come from if the power is out for an extended period of time? I'd like to suggest Numana Foods, a family-owned business with a passion for food quality and taste, as well as long-term storage reliability. Numana.com. Check them out for your family's health and security. Food so good tasting and good for you, it can be eaten every day. Standard buckets are GMO-free, contain no aspartame, high fructose corn syrup, autolyzed yeast extract, chemical preserved or soy. You can be confident your Numana meals will be there for you and your family when you need them during an emergency. Numana.com, a nutritionally healthy way to prepare for any disaster. That's Numana.com. N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Hey, hey, 
Good evening, all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steph, and you're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is Wednesday, December 7th, 2016, Pearl Harbor Day, and it is about, uh, let's see, almost eight minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. TheAmericanVoice.com or AmericanVoiceRadio.com is the websites. We have a chat room there. If you want to participate in the show, you can do it from there, or you can just go socialize. But everything else you need to know about the network is found on the website. Okay, let's get on with this, huh? Anyway, yeah, the weather change here is uh, the cold and the wet and all that has kind of, I don't know, got me feeling a little puny. But uh, we'll drive on anyway because it is winter time and that's just going to be expected. Anyhow, it is Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th, a day that shall live in infamy, which it should, because, uh, you know, with all the talk about fake news, Pearl Harbor is a great example of fake, a, a complete fake, other than the people getting killed and the people getting bombed, and it really was Japanese planes and all that. 
I'm not suggesting that that's fake. But if I sit there and punch you in the face repeatedly when nobody's watching, and then you decide to swing and hit me in the head when somebody is watching, and I claim, oh my gosh, he just sucker punched me for no reason at all. <laughs> he sneak attacked me. Isn't that fake? Because that's what happened, folks. Franklin Derelict Roosevelt wanted war with Hitler. And he wanted war with Hitler basically because he was aligned with Russia, the communist revolution. That's the bottom line of what was going on, folks. Franklin Democrat Roosevelt was a communist. He agreed with all the policies of the Soviet Union and, as he put it, Uncle Joe Stalin. You know, the mass murderer. Yeah, him. That's what it is. So Roosevelt suckered Japan into attacking the Pacific Fleet. Now, anybody out there who thinks that Japan got so big and so tough and they figured they were going to beat the United States, it's just not true. You know, you need to read some of the accounts of the, oh, I don't know, like the Japanese admiral. Many of these Japanese head military people were trained in the United States in universities, should I say, educated. And they understood America. You know, the Japanese said, and, you know, well, there's no way we're going to attack the United States because, you know, there's somebody with a gun behind every blade of grass. So the attack on Pearl Harbor was in no way an attack on the United States because, let's not forget, at the time, Hawaii was not a state of the Union. It was just some you know, island kingdom that the imperial forces of the United States decided to, uh, you know, take over because we could, whether you like it or not, because we want this. Just like we did in the Philippines. And, you know, hey, it was a nice idea to have a forward base. I mean, I don't blame the United States for annexing Hawaii for military purposes. From a military perspective, it was a great idea. But, you know, it's hardly an attack on the United States of America. It was an attack on the United States Pacific Fleet. And that is specifically what the Japanese were trying to do. Because, you see, Japan was in a war with China at the time. And the United States, because Japan had signed a 
uh, I don't know what you would cooperation pact with Germany. The U.S. government decided that would be a good way to get into the European war because you have to understand the difference in the American people then and now. See, the American people in 1940, see, they, they remembered World War One. They remembered that European war. They remembered how their president, Wilson, promised them in his campaign to become president that he wouldn't get them involved in any more European wars. But he did anyway. He lied. They remembered how the United States government screwed the World War I veterans that they promised bonuses to. to. Because Americans were not interested in going to fight for the Europeans. You know, people in this country had ideas back then. They said, hey, some of the people liked it, figured, hey, you know, we're on Germany's side. We like Germany. Other people said, oh, well, we like the other side. And who cares anyway? It's them. It's not us. So they had to give these guys bonuses to go, just like they're doing now, folks. You remember the story, right? 10,000 National Guard soldiers in California have to give back the bonuses they were given 10 years ago? Yeah, they're giving bonuses, and then, ah, we were nigging, you got to give it back. There was a mistake, we say. Well, he did the same thing with the World War I vets. They promised them bonuses. They didn't actually give, them, give it to them because, see, back in the day, people were a little more trusting. So they said, oh, okay, well, you promised us bonuses. You know, you're probably good for your word. We'll go fight this war. We'll come back and we'll get the bonuses. Well, they came back and the government decided to renege again. Now nah, we're not giving you no bonuses. Forget about it. So the vets went to Washington, D.C., and they camped out in Washington, D.C. And instead of the government saying, ah, oh, you know what, gosh, we're ashamed of ourselves, sorry, here's your money, we promised it to you. Oh, hell no, that's not the United States government's answer ever. Their answer then was to start shooting and killing the veterans and their families and running them out of town. And they used the likes of our heroes like George Patton and General MacArthur, who wasn't a general at the time. That's right. So the American people were well aware that going to fight foreign wars for the United States government was a losing proposition for the people. So they weren't interested in it. And there was no way they were going to go fight Hitler because Roosevelt wanted them to. So he had to find another way. So he did. Hmm, Japan's an ally. Oh, Japan signed an agreement. And the agreement happened to be that if Germany or Japan declared war on anybody, then the, the other partner would also declare war on the same party. Well, Roosevelt had to figure out a way because there was no way he was going to get Hitler to attack the United States because Hitler wasn't interested in attacking the United States. 
So he turned his eye towards Japan, because he knew Japan had, was not an actual threat to the United States. They could have never invaded the United States. So what he did was, he thought, oh, well, you know, uh, cut off scrap metal. Because, as you know, Japan really doesn't have a lot of raw materials to make things, so they had to import all kinds of stuff, and scrap metal was one of the things they used, you know, to make automobiles, trucks, battleships, airplanes, whatever. So the United States cut off the scrap metal, and then that didn't work. They cut off the oil. No more oil for you. Well, you know, an embargo is an act of war, folks. Okay? So it really wasn't Japan that declared war. It wasn't Japan that sneaked attacked America. It was the Roosevelt administration that committed acts of war against Japan before they ever lifted a finger against the United States. Be sure about that, folks. And then there's the part about how the United States government, the intelligence agencies, had all the codes broken of the Japanese. They knew exactly where they were. They knew exactly where they were coming. They knew exactly what their target was. And they deliberately kept this information from the commanders at Pearl Harbor. But better than even that, once Pearl Harbor was attacked, then Washington, D.C., threw those very commanders that they kept in the dark, they threw them right under the bus and blamed the whole thing on them. That's your government, folks. And that was your government back in 1941. That's always been your government. Since before most of you were ever born, that's been your government. So, you know, I'm sorry for the people that died at Pearl Harbor. Should have never happened. And it didn't have to happen. But if you want to blame the real culprit, you blame Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You blame the administration, which was a democratic, communistic bunch of, well, I can't say it on the radio, but you get the drift. That's who you can blame for the attack on Pearl Harbor. All this nonsense about, oh, the Japanese this and the Japanese that and sneak attack and infamy, oh, oh, oh you know. Oh, what a bunch of BS. You know what? The Democratic Party has been a bunch of lying murderers for so long, it's not even funny. They're communists, okay? Get it through your head. The Democratic Party has been infiltrated by the communist worldwide revolution. That's what the Democratic Party is. And you little morons going to the communist universities in this country are fools. Do you understand? Once Stalin came to power... Another group? Oh, sure. He killed a bunch of Jews. He killed a bunch of dissidents. He killed a bunch of this and he killed a bunch of that. You know who else he killed? He killed everybody going to college. That's who he killed. Because, see, intellectuals are dangerous. But they've infiltrated the schools now, and they're not dangerous anymore because they've just been propagandized. Everything you learn in the universities in America is a lie. 
including the bogus story you're told about Pearl Harbor and the sneak attack by the Japanese. Sorry, folks, the facts are out. And you know what? Hey, 10 years, 20 years after the fact, it's understandable why people would believe that line because that's what they were told in the news. That's all they ever heard. Those were the stories that were passed down. And none of the documents were released. None of the documents were available. Oh, no. They had to be held back for 50 years. And, you know, just to make sure every criminal involved was already dead by the time we found out who was responsible. Why do you think they hold things for 50 years, folks? Who are they protecting? Like the Kennedy assassination. Who are they protecting? Not the Kennedys. They're all dead. So who are they protecting? They're protecting the criminals. That's who they're protecting. Because the criminals who killed them were in the government. That's why the government won't release any of the documents for 50 years. Or more. And they they give you this story. Well, it's for the privacy of the family. What a crock of Manola, man. I'll tell you. Anyway, uh, that's my uh, Pearl Harbor day uh, whatever. All right, let's see here. Michigan, you're going to like this. This piece of crap, Shill Stein, is showing herself to be a real piece of work, I'll tell you. Michigan is pushing anti-Jill Stein laws. Yeah, and you might say, well, what's that about? Well, there's a good reason why. Michigan lawmakers are rushing to push through a law to block future attempts like the one they are currently dealing with. The frivolous waste of money lawsuit brought by Dr. Jill Stein as Michigan lawmakers currently look for money to repair water lines poisoning their residents. Stein is burning up taxpayer money in the state. Now lawmakers are rushing the legislation that will force any candidate who did not get at least 5% of the vote to have to pay the full cost of a recount. Currently, Stein will only pay $1 million of a recount expected to cost taxpayers as much as $12 million. Gee, I'll tell you, man, Hillary Clinton is a gift that just keeps giving, isn't she? Because, make no mistake, Shill Stein is doing this on behalf of Hillary Clinton and only on behalf of Hillary Clinton. Because if she was really doing what she says she's doing, which is, oh, I'm doing it for the integrity of the vote. Really? Why aren't you doing a recount in New Hampshire then? Okay? Hillary Clinton won that state by the same small amount that... Donald Trump won Michigan. She won it by less than what he won in Wisconsin. So why no recount in New Hampshire? Why no recount in Minnesota? Where Hillary Clinton's margin of victory was just about the same as Donald Trump's margin of victory in Pennsylvania and Florida. 
because she's a shill for Hillary Clinton, that's why. And she's a liar to say that she isn't. Yep. And I think it's crap here. Uh, force any candidate who didn't get at least 5%. See, 5%, I'm sorry, that's not enough. You know, you know, I, it ought to be, look, if you're not th- a candidate that is within, oh, I don't know, say 5%. We could say 5%. Why not? of the victors count. If you're not within 5% of the victors count, you don't get to have a recount. Unless you can pay for the whole thing. Then fine, we'll do it. I mean, because really, what is Jill Stein? Does does she think that somehow she's going to win the election with a recount? No. She got less than 1% of the vote there. She's never going to win. It doesn't matter how many people. It doesn't matter how many times they recount. She'll never win. She has no chance of winning, and she knows it. She says it. She doesn't care. Oh, I'm doing it for all of you. I'm doing it for the integrity of the party. No, she's doing it because Hillary Clinton paid her. Where did the $7.4 million come from, Shill? Why don't you release those records? Let's see where all those donations came in. $7.4 million in less than a week. Where'd they come from? Oh, was it a grassroots organization where, you know, $100 bills started coming in from Grandma and Grandpa America? Really? I don't think so. How come nobody's writing anything about that? Is it because nobody's allowed to know? Where the money came from? Well, I want to know where the money came from. I'll tell you, man. This woman is evil. She's just another Hillary Clinton wannabe. Another Hillary Clinton surrogate. And I bet if and when we ever find out where all the money came from, I bet you a pile of it came from the Clinton Foundation or some Clinton-aligned organization. Or maybe straight from George Soros. You know, to Jill Stein, the one that said, oh, we we have all these... uh, you know, uh, bad things, uh, you know, oh yeah, well, bad things. Guess who's doing the bad things? It's George Soros and the people that gave her money. That's who. But she doesn't care. Now, here's something here. I don't know. This says breaking news, but this is not breaking news to me. I, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe it's breaking news to you. And if it is, well, then you better pay attention because this isn't breaking news, but it's it's important. One of America's most popular over-the-counter medication is also one of its most dangerous, according to a report by Time Magazine. Mazine? Time Mazine? <laughs> I wonder if that's a... Uh, 
a spoof thing or, or if they just, you know, the proofreaders just didn't show up to work that day. But anyway, according, people use acetaminophen, which is the active ingredient, the brand name Tylenol, okay, so much that it's beginning to damage people's livers in the amounts never before seen. And this damage is causing catastrophic liver failure and early death. Uh, the frequency of use and amount of people being diagnosed with liver damage would indicate an average of 100,000 cases of accidental, accidental poisoning every year, with 150 people dying from using it. Uh See, uh, let's see, part of the overuse is Americans don't realize how prevalent acetaminophen truly is. While most people think it's only in pills, the fact is acetaminophen appears in so many over-the-counter drugs, including cough syrups and more. Uh, so, really, folks, acetaminophen is, is a, I don't know, somewhat of a painkiller. But there are so many other painkillers out there that are so much less damaging. Uh, it really is a liver killer, and I've you know I've known about this for a long time, and I I haven't taken a Tylenol or anything with acetaminophen in it that I know of for I don't know 20 years or so. You know because hey, if I want to damage my liver, I'll just go down to the liquor store. That's a lot more fun than taking acetaminophen anyway. And hey. It works as a painkiller, too. So, you know, if given the choice, that's what I'll do instead of going to buy Tylenol, that's for sure. So keep it in mind, folks, you know, everybody's, oh, yeah, I'm going to be living healthy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to start eating grass and, and uh, you know, all that. But uh, if you take that, you know, you're kind of defeating the purpose. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit. Got a couple of, uh, well, kind of different songs for the break. There's so many rules things that matter to me Like driving on beaches and a license to fish in the sea I used to live like a gypsy I'd camp by the side of the road Now they just move me along, there's nowhere to go. Well, I'll give up my gun when the ocean runs dry. Well, I remember when fireworks were always a family.
in my shed If I try to defend them I'm likely to get locked up instead Because the scumbag has got lawyers and rights So the law lets them be While the honest hard working gets sharp Fight to stay free I'll give up my gun When the birds don't fly Come on, Bugsy! Go on! You're a good little fella. Come on, Trongo! Get the hell out of here! Come on, mate. You done good? Your mother would be proud. You're not very happy with me either. <laughs> Did you hear him? Well, I'll give up my gun when the ocean runs dry. And I'll give up my gun when the sun doesn't shine. Politicians don't lie. G'day Johnny, what are you doing? Hey, I'm out walking, but what are you doing here with that gun? I thought I took all the guns. You didn't get them all, mate, you're not having this one. I'm after you. function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals 
from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Fun to have around. But if 
If he ever barks about my right to bear arms, I'm gonna have to have him put down. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. That song cracks me up. It's Wednesday, December 7, 2016. It's about 8.43 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. Well, kind of, almost. We're hanging in there live. 800-932-1980 is the call-in number. TheAmericanVoice.com or American Voice Radio is the uh, website. There's a chat room in there. They're talking about, well, they've got their tinfoil hats on and they're talking conspiracy theory. You know, here's here's something that uh, somebody brought up and I want you to, you know, because the more, the more things that, you know, are exposed, the less likely that they are to happen because, you know, I mean, if somebody had this plan, then, you know, people out there talking about it, well, gee, they, they probably won't do it, but somebody in the chat room says that uh, they read today that when the Senate reconvenes to swear in the new senators, the Democrats will have a majority and might try to approve uh, uh, Obama Supreme Court candidate before they swear in the new GOP majority. Well, I'm not so sure they're allowed to do that, but, you know, they 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 can try anything. And then he goes on, um, well, while the GOP members got who got reelected are out in the hall waiting to be called into the Senate, the Democrats will have a majority. Joe Biden calls for the quick vote and a progressive uh SCOTUS gets snuck in right before the new and reelected GOP gets sworn in. Well, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of far-fetched. I don't put anything past the scumbags in Washington, D.C. But, uh, you know, the way to stop that is to, you know, rip Joe Biden right out of his chair and pound him onto the ground until he stops breathing. Now, that would take one of the other senators, because obviously none of us are allowed in there for this. But, you know, if I was a senator, and he tried to pull something like that, 
I'd say, okay, you know what? Hey, we're this is fine, man. You know what? That's fine. If the rules don't, you know, don't operate anymore, that's cool because I'm going to walk up there, I'm going to grab you, and I'm going to toss you on the ground, and I'm going to smash your head in until you're dead. And uh, we can vote about that later. Because, uh, you know what? That's what has to happen if they would try to pull something like this. I'm telling you, folks, a lot of people think, oh, boy, you know, you're just so violent. You're just so this. You're just so that. Listen, all these little these little tricks and these little games that they think they can play to get away, like, oh, we're going to steal the Electoral College. Oh, we're going to vote in the SCOTUS. Oh, we're going to do all this and we're going to do all that. No, you're not going to do it if you're dead. You see, because once the rule of law is gone, then it's gone, okay? Honestly, folks, you know, really, if they're going to go and do these kind of things and just disregard the rule of law and the will of the people, then fine, then the rule of law is over. And that means you're, it's open season on you, politicians, every last stinking lying one of you. I mean, hey, if that's the way you want it, I don't make the decisions around here. Well, around here I do, but around the country I don't. If you decide, well, then okay. All I'm saying is if they decide that the rule of law is going to be tossed in the can, then fine then let's recognize that the rule of law is gone. And that means it's gone for everyone. And these dirtbag, suit-wearing, penciled-neck geeks better start realizing the law right now is the only thing keeping them alive. So they better not be so quick to throw it in the can and flush it down the toilet. Because they'll be swirling down there right after it. That's the reality of things. You want to throw the rule of law in the can, welcome to the jungle, sissy boy. You're going to have a bad day. But don't worry, it won't be for long. So you know what? These guys in Washington, D.C., these suit-wearing, pencil-neck geek politicians and all their little faggots running around better really really cozy up to the rule of law and start thinking yeah we love the rule of law and we're going to support the rule of law we're going to defend the rule of law and they really better get on it because you see remember this the rule of law is the only thing keeping you alive at this point because when that goes so do you Because if you don't think the American people realize that you're the enemy, you're delusional. You know, you haven't thought this through. As that guy in the song said there at the the first song thing, I don't think they've thought this through. Apparently they haven't. Anyway. Oh, let's see. Somebody says that, uh, I remember hearing about the senator caned to death in the Senate chamber just before the war of northern aggression. Hmm. Well, 
I, I, I like the war of northern aggression a lot better than I like the term civil war, but I really believe it's the war of federal aggression. Because really, the, you know what? The northern states were defeated also. Okay, they were defeated right along with the southern states. The only difference is, see, the southern states decided to fight. The northern states decided to capitulate with the enemy. The northern states turned into what amounts to what the Vichy government was in France with the Nazis. Oh, hey, want to remember back and read a little history about what happened to all of them? Once the Nazis lost, what happened to all those guys sitting in the Vichy government? They were all killed. That's what happened to them. Eh, okay, maybe not all of them. Most of them, the ones that could be found. They were killed. That's what happened to them. So, hey, pencil neck geek suit wearing scumbag politician, go read a book, would you? Go read a history book. Go read about what happens to people like that. People like you. I'm telling you, man, you better you better really do what you can to keep the rule of law in effect. Anyway, let's move on. Oh, where was I here? Oh, this is great. Police are putting GPS trackers in countless retail items. Somebody sent me this in the email. Imagine going to the store to purchase cough syrup and finding out the police put a GPS tracking device inside the bottle and tracked you everywhere you went. Now imagine going to another store to purchase a pair of sneakers and finding out the police also put a GPS tracker inside of them. What's even more disturbing is how store owners are letting cops put GPS trackers in all sorts of things. This is from the L.A. Times. They reveal that store owners are letting cops put GPS trackers inside retail items. Wow. Companies like eAgel, Purdue Pharma, Pegasus Technologies, and Vitality have created RFID-enabled caps and chips that can be attached to prescription bottles and other items. eAgel uses an ultra-high-frequency RFID chip called eSeal to track items. Oh, here's something nice. Purdue donated 100 handheld RFID scanners to law enforcement and cargo theft investigative agencies throughout the country. Oh, wow. According to Spy Gadgets, pill bottle GPS trackers cost $295 a piece and use GPS satellites and cell phone triangulation to pinpoint a suspect's exact location in real time. Vitality's caps also report a patient's drug usage to doctors and family members. Would anyone like to bet that cops also have access to a person's drug usage? Police use GPS trackers to secretly spy on everyone. When someone attempts to steal an item with a GPS tracker hidden inside, a silent activation si signal is sent to the police who begin tracking you the moment you get the, they get the signal. Well, you know, I can see where stores would want to do this because, okay, here in, here in my area, I would say Medford, but 
Well, it is Medford, actually. The two stores that are affected are in Medford, and the one that is not affected is in Eagle Point. Now, here's how it goes. Uh, all three of these Walmarts were open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, the two in Medford are now closing at midnight. So, of course, being, you know, one of those inquiring minds when I was down there, and I, uh, oh, hey, a little trick, folks. You know, if you're going to go to Walmart, and uh, you're going to go there anyway and buy things, I suggest you go online first and go check the Walmart, uh, what do you call it, website, and see if you can pick it up the same day there. Or if you're not in a big hurry and, uh, you know, you're thinking, well, I'm going to Walmart next week or next, you know, whenever, then you can just get anything off of Walmart.com. But you got to be careful because, you know, if it's not same-day pickup, then it could be up to a week or something. But thing is, what I have seen is it is Okay, here's an example. Uh, one of those US, one of those little USB hub things. You know, the kind that are, are powered off the USB. It doesn't come with a power supply or anything. And you plug it into one of your USB ports, and you've got, like, it has five USB or four USB ports on it, right? Well, I needed one of those, and I thought, well, okay. And I, I was down at the store, and, and they were like $11, and I'm like, yeah, jeez, 11 bucks for a little thing like this. Nah, and I, you know, I'll just suffer through. So I'm cruising around. I'm looking online, and I decide, well, I'm going to go look for one of these cheap. So I end up at Walmart because that's one of the places that I look at online, and I uh, go there, and, gee, they got them there for like $3, $2 and something. Cheap, cheap, right? It looks exactly like the one I saw at the store, but, you know, it was a different name on it. So I figured, okay, I'll order it. So about an hour and a half later, it says, okay, you can come pick it up. You know, it's there. Well, I couldn't. I, oh, I had bought it. Actually, I had bought the $11 one, right? Well, I couldn't, I, I couldn't leave to go get it, so Melissa went down there. She brought the other one back, because it's like, okay, go return this one and get the other one, you know, and I'll save, you know, eight bucks. So she goes down there. Long story short, they hand her the same thing back, the same brand, the same everything. And she goes, well, this is uh, the same thing. Well, it's the one. So, folks, you know, just by going online and doing, you know, the, uh, you know, I'll be there in an hour. Or the, you folks with smartphones, you could do it right on your smartphone. You could do it right in a store if you're going to be in there an hour. And you can save a whole pile of money that way. Because what's online is way cheaper than what's in the store in, in every case that I've seen. Now, that doesn't mean every case, but every case I've seen so far is that way. But anyway, so I go in there and I ask them, uh, geez, what's with the uh, closing at midnight now? Oh, well, you know, the one on the south side is doing it too. I said, yeah, I, I'm aware of that, but why? Uh, well, because of uh, theft loss, shoplifting. So the stores in Medford get a lot of shoplifting after midnight, so much so that, you know, they, they decided, well, we're losing too much money keeping the store open, 
so we'll just shut at midnight. The one in Eagle Point's open 24 hours still because I apparently people in Eagle Point, they don't shoplift. And that makes sense because, you know, Medford's where the Mexicans all live. So, you know, <laughs> oh, that'd be racist, don't it? Well, uh, too bad. You know, they get shoplifted down there and they don't in Eagle Point. What's the deal? Huh? What's the difference? What's the, what, the, what doesn't belong here, right? got to start asking yourself these questions. So I can see where a place like Walmart would be real happy to say, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead, copper, put a RFID in all the things, you know, track everybody everywhere all the time. Um, ask yourself, how many times have you purchased an item at the store and the store alarm was accidentally tripped? Now imagine that same scenario being played out thousands of times a day across the country. A computer glitch automatically notifies police of a possible stolen item. The cops don't have time to check with each. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.